Hey, what's going on, people? Good morning this morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Good morning this morning. How's everything sounding? Good, 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 good. It's getting cold outside, man. It's not cold in here, but it's cold outside a little bit. I'm sorry, chilly. I tend to have the roof off the sucker. I tore the roof off the sucker. My Jeep. And it's been fun because it's been so nice and sunny and beautiful during the daytime. And so I have taken the roof off of the thing and... But then in the morning, first of all, it's kind of cool because there's dew on the inside of the car, which is, you know, kind of actually kind of cool. I kind of I like that uh, rawness, that rustic nature of uh, the mornings with dew on my car, dew on the console. But then I uh, get driving and it's chilly. I mean, it's, you know, because there's, there's wind coming through there and everything else. And so I turn the heat on. I just blast the heat. It's kind of a nice feeling. It's a, it's kind of an interesting feeling to have the heat blowing on you while it's cool. As, I don't know. Just kind of a comfortable ride in. Just telling you. Boy, it's busy out there, too. I don't know what people are up to, but, man, I mean, everybody's a busy little beaver this morning. That early in the morning. Must be good. Must be Life must be good for people because they're out there and they're hitting it so uh con- congratulations folks i don't know why i'm just like noticing that i'm not i'm not just noticing it but just telling you also uh continued uh prayers for our folks on the east coast there man this thing i don't know i know i can never can tell that that's one of the problems with the way that we report weather in this country and storms and that kind of thing is that First of all, you get a bunch of lawyers involved, and nothing wrong with lawyers, obviously, but they're overly cautious. And you get a bunch of people involved, and they're, you know, sometimes they err on the side of caution, which is always a good thing, I guess. But it tends to create a, a level of panic sometimes. But at the same time, they've been so overblowing these things every time they happen that it seems to me that some people just wind up underestimating the storms because I I can't tell. Okay, so is this really like the biggest storm of the century or because you guys keep telling me this is like the biggest storm of the century. And is it really the biggest storm of the century? Is it really just a monster storm? Is it really we've never seen this before? Or, because what happens is these things come, and not, not that I don't want this to, to happen. I, I, obviously, I, I, I don't want things to get bad there. But... At the same time, it just seems to me that 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 it it almost looks like they might be kind of overdoing it here because every time these storms come, they dissipate once they get to land. So the Category 4, while it's a monster out at sea, it then piddles away into something not. And I hope it does that. But President Trump and everybody else is saying, get the hell out. You need to get out. And, uh, and 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 he's he's probably he's probably right. But in the meantime, though, it's funny because President Trump has had to cancel all these events around the country, and part of it has to do with the fact that he doesn't the optics he doesn't want to be looked upon because you know the media is just waiting 
to pounce on him if he's doing anything of the sort, especially stumping for a, a candidate or trying to help out in the midterms. It's if he goes out there on the stump like he planned on doing in Missouri, he'll be raked over the coals like he doesn't care about people in the Carolinas, which is baloney. And I think he could easily get away with it, with doing it in my mind, but he couldn't easily get away with doing it in the minds of the news media who will be trolling him incessantly. Now, if it were Barack Obama and the Dark Lord was out there frowning at everybody at some college campus like he's going to be doing on a regular basis now, then it would be fine. It would be not a problem. Of course, Barack Obama isn't the commander-in-chief. I get that. But let's face it. I mean, is the president really going to be the one directing storm response? And and should he be, to tell you the truth? Uh, We've got the emergency management office. We've got Homeland Security. And uh, to me, the president is even really necessary in this bit and probably shouldn't be having to handle hurricane response it's just kind of not uh not the the presence deal here but watching this baby uh, coming towards the coast there is uh is certainly cause for trepidation and certainly cause for alarm for our friends out there so and boy i don't know why it is these i don't know maybe the maybe every hurricane name is menacing but florence just seems almost particularly menacing but so did Hugo, and I just think the names of hurricanes in general are intimidating. There's no, never like a Hurricane Bill, or but there will be, I guess. I think that that's how they, they name hurricanes. But Florence seems particularly, you know, I, they, don't, they could also name them like Hurricane Monstrosity or Hurricane Hell or something something more dramatic like that. It seems to me sometimes when you name hurricanes these uh, otherwise nice, flowing, beautiful, romantic names, they almost seem more intimidating and scary when you when you call them that. I don't know. Maybe they just call it what it is. It's a badass hurricane. Hurricane badass is coming to the East Coast. Yeah. Hurricane run for your lives is coming for the... I mean, they, they could they just go big or stay home on that matter. Instead of tricking me into believing it's just a nice, young, beautiful Italian woman coming towards the East Coast. Do you see the president, though, no matter what he does? Now, since the president has decided that he's going to stay home, stay at the White House, stay in command... Now he's being criticized for overdoing it. That now, now he's being criticized, uh, at least by this uh, one harpy there on CNN, on the lead. And she is uh, Jen Psaki. And she decides that the President Trump is way too giddy about, the, about this thing. Use it as an opportunity to hand out money and goodies for which people should be grateful to him. And he doesn't understand the devastation and the fears. And honestly, if he thinks Puerto Rico is a success, I'm a little nervous. That makes me more nervous about Florence coming in. I was really struck. I mean, Angela touched on this a little bit. But the inaccuracy, obviously, is very jarring, but also his tone. I mean, he came across as almost gleeful and excited about the hurricane and how big it was and how tremendously wet it's going to be and all these absurd things that came out of his mouth. Well, is tremendously wet an absurd thing that's coming out of his mouth when the weather people are 
telling us about gigantic waves, storm surges, and multiple inches of rain? How, how is that not tremendously wet? And, and how is that overdoing it? And then they criticize him for talking about the response to Puerto Rico and cue the tapes of him handing out things like food and stuff like that. And they made that out to be that he was acting like he was some kind of king and all the rest of the people were beggars, whereas had Barack Obama been doing it, he'd be like Jesus Christ handing out loaves of bread. Look, Jesus is handing out loaves of bread in Puerto Rico. Trump does. is like, look at that guy. Look at that white dude acting like all these people need his stuff. It's so weird the way these people act. You can't win for crying out loud. But this one was a real good one. This is Jen. This is oh, her going I mean, crazy. He came across as almost gleeful and excited about the hurricane and how big it was and how tremendously wet it's going to be and all these absurd things that came out of his mouth. Uh, you know, I worked in a White House for eight years. Many people have. In these moments is when the president should be calm. He should be sober. Mm -hmm. He should be conveying to people to be calm, to follow instructions. It's really a public service moment. It's not about touting your own accomplishments. Yeah, so she's clearly just another woman intimidated by President Trump and his language. He uses the word big. He shouldn't use the word big. He shouldn't use the word tremendously wet. That's what we're getting, no matter what he does. So then what's going to happen is the news media, and this, this, this is the other unfortunate thing. So we're going to wind up in a situation where this isn't going to be about the hurricane. All these guys are doing is setting up and waiting for an opportunity to attack the president for his response to this hurricane. This is what they're waiting for. They're all set up. They have, I, I am almost positive they have, Separate uh, teams set up to monitor the president's reaction to this hurricane. And it's almost like they'll have some kind of war room where they are focusing solely on the president's reaction to this. Because this is important to them. Because, you know, you keep in mind, they, they don't have the N-word. They don't have Russia collusion. They don't have any goods on this guy that they could possibly want to drum up. There's no other thing they ha- Amorosa's yet her another run at this attempt to smear him over uh, Niger that isn't working. We've got a really strong economy going right now. You all are out there busting rear, making money, doing your thing. And they don't have anything. They've got to sit there and wait for the next opportunity, the, the next. So now, now suddenly this is all about Trump. The, the president cancels all of his political appearances. He goes out there and says, I'm going to try to help. I'm going to be in charge here. Because apparently the chaotic White House, I mean, isn't the White House supposedly chaotic? And now suddenly it's it's not chaotic anymore. Well, well, the president's now in charge and there, and suddenly it's um, not chaotic enough for them or something. I don't, I don't know what they want. I don't know what it is these people are, are after here. So now he's in charge, and they're just now, now the more he talks, the more they're just going to go after him. Yesterday they were all they were all on his ass about nine eleven and everything else. The, the the nets just went crazy. Uh, the, the 
9-11 remembrance and the hurricane coverage there. It was all about all about the president. It was crazy. President Trump in the Oval Office late today said the federal government is, quote, absolutely and totally prepared to respond to Florence. But he also praised his own much criticized response last year to Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, despite the official death toll recently being raised to nearly 3,000 people. Yeah, but that was from the hurricane. So President Trump didn't cause the deaths of 3,000 people. That was from the hurricane and some of the things that happened, happened in the aftermath. So Lester Holt is actually saying that the president said his response was great despite the fact that 3,000 people died. Well, uh, they died in the hurricane, Lester. They didn't die in the response. It, it was it, These people are as corrupt as the day is long. It's crazy oh, me nuts. By the official death toll recently being raised to nearly 3,000 people. That's almost as many lives lost in the September 11th attacks. Our Kristen Welker... What is, what is that supposed to mean? How, what, what, what is that supposed to mean? Like the 9-11, first of all, it diminishes the 9-11 attacks. The 9-11 attacks were far from some kind of, you know, natural disaster that fell out of the sky. This is radical Islam attacking the United States of America. This is basically radical Islam attacking a Christian nation. That's what this was all about. So I, I don't know why he even, I, I know yesterday was 9-11, I get it. I know that it's a cute little segue, but not quite sure of the comparison. This is live from the White House. Kristen, what's the latest? Lester, good evening. Tonight, President Trump is insisting his administration is as ready as anyone has ever been to deal with Hurricane Florence. The president describing the storm as tremendously big and wet. And when asked about lessons learned from... Why, what is it about these people who don't like the... Tremendously big and wet definition or description of the hurricane, Florence. I mean, isn't it tremendously big and wet? It's a, it's a hurricane, right? I mean, I'm trying to figure out, like, what it is that makes these people so intimidated by or, or, or critical of the president's use of the term big and tremendously big and wet or tremendously wet or I don't I don't get it, but especially the, the ladies, it seems, don't really like that. I don't know. I haven't heard the men yet. So Storms that devastated Puerto Rico last year. The job that... Boy, I'll tell you, if one person dies in this hurricane, they're going to blame President Trump. I guarantee it. And law enforcement and everybody did, working along with the governor in Puerto Rico, I think, was tremendous. I think that Puerto Rico was an incredible, unsung success. One top Democrat calling those comments offensive, given that nearly 3,000 people died as a result. Again, 3,000 people died from the hurricane. There were some who died in the aftermath of it, but the response wasn't what killed these people in Puerto Rico. I, I, I don't understand what these people are talking about here. And the response to Puerto Rico was great. You realize right now what they're doing, the federal government is assisting in the building of thousands of housing projects down there. Now, when I say housing projects, I don't mean, you know, the housing projects you're thinking of, like Pruitt Igo and stuff. But these are, they're, they're building uh, thousands of uh, units of housing down there right now. I mean, it takes time to be able to clean up and do all this kind of stuff. And not to mention the fact that, you know, to tell you the truth, it's really not 
you know, the, the federal government provides for the national defense. I get that. But it's not a, a mop. I mean, sometimes people have to kind of take care of this stuff themselves, too. You know, again, the response to the hurricane didn't cause 3,000 deaths in Puerto Rico. Even as Vicky points out, the heat killed a lot of these people, too, in the aftermath. I don't understand what this is all about here. But they're, they're, again, I guarantee you by the time the weekend's over, this damn hurricane's going to be Trump's fault somehow, some way. Well, maybe had he not uh, been sitting there at the desk talking about tremendously big and wet, Things would have been okay. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe he should have been in uh, Cape Girardeau talking about Josh Hawley. No, that would be terrible. He can't talk about politics. Maybe he ought to be down in Texas defending Ted Cruz. No, no, no. He, he needs to be at the helm. Maybe he could go play golf. No, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, so what is it that you want the dude to do? Seriously. Bolt of Hurricane Maria. Mr. Trump started his day in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, commemorating the 17th anniversary of the September 11th attacks, greeting supporters at the airport by pumping his fists. The president has canceled two campaign rallies. So, again, what again was the problem with him greeting supporters at the airport, pumping his fists? They're his supporters, and he's pumping his fists. It has nothing to do with. Uh, pumping his fists in celebration of the bring down of uh, Flight 93, the takedown. It, it, it's none of that. And I, I don't know what the media just wants him to. So what is it that they want him to do? Does he does he march off of the see, see how they're they're trolling every little tiny little thing coming here? Every little thing he does, they're taking it and, and running with it and, and making it something. The guy uses the word tremendously wet, and it drives the, the ladies nuts, apparently, in, in, in being angry about it. And they're, they're snapping every little photo they can. Ah, the president uh, smiled when he was coming off of the thing as he arrived in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. He pumped his fist to supporters. They're watching every little thing he does, these guys. I, I can't imagine this, this, this life with the, and, and, and how frustrating it must be for the guy. Was he supposed to just march? I mean, listen, it was a somber day. We all get that, and we were all part of that in the morning. And we, and we, and we were all part of it throughout the day. Not a, not a moment passed by where we didn't remember the lives of our fellow Americans and, and, and the loss of life. We just, uh, it was, you know, and the president goes to Shanksville, and it, it, but, but he's, he's not, is he supposed to wear some kind of black veil over his face or something? When he, I just don't get it. To monitor the storm this week, Lester. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what we're going to be getting all weekend long. And unfortunately, it's not really going to be about whether or not the- whether or not these individuals are being helped. It's not going to be about whether our fellow Americans are getting the help they need from us and. And beyond, it's going to be about President Trump's response because they have to figure out some way to exploit this storm. That's the biggest fear I have is that these individuals are just going to be uh, – they're going to be lost in the shuffle, these people stepping all over themselves to uh, make this all about President Trump. Trump can't win for losing. Out in force, at the helm, now he's enjoying it too much. 
uses terms like tremendously wet, the same kind of verbiage. That the, I mean, listen to a newscast, listen to the Weather Channel and how they describe this thing. You know, it seems to me the president calling it tremendously wet shouldn't be insulting to people, big and tremendously wet. That's just kind of, that's what a hurricane is, for crying out loud. All right, also coming up, I don't know whether you guys saw this story. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to get, uh, my buddy Michael Proctor is going to be coming in just a, a little later on. I'm going to check in with Jimmy Hoft, uh, the Gateway Pundit. Possibility, Jim Talent is traveling, so I'm not quite sure whether I'm going to get him on today. Uh, or tomorrow, so we're gonna we're gonna figure that one out. And also, I don't know whether you guys saw this uh, one story about this drug executive who was talking about how it is a moral requirement to charge patients the highest price for drugs. Now, you guys realize that one of the biggest problems in this country really is the price of pharmaceuticals. They still have not gone down. And I don't know whether you guys, uh, who, if you take any medication at all, I don't really take any that, uh, that is of any consequence in terms of, uh, costs, but whether some of you might be taking medication and I don't know whether you've seen in any way, shape or form, your prices going down. I'd be interested to find out what's going on because, uh, because I don't, uh, I don't hear of these prices going down at all. And in fact, now generics seem to be just as expensive. And still, um, and and Vicky, boy, Vicky, just the minute I said that, Vicky typed it uh, because I I know why generics are the same price as the regular pharmaceuticals. I will tell you why, and I will tell you that it has. Um, let's see, O B A M A, five letters to attribute to the reason why generic drugs are right now just as expensive as pharmaceuticals. And those five letters, when you put them all together, ultimately spell uh, you, you know, let me let me they ultimately spell let's see Obama right. Yes, Pastor Manning, thank you. That's what they spell. Obama! Right. So I'll explain that to you in just a little bit. And also, by the way, it looks like Maxine Waters and her flying monkeys are out in force. We saw it yesterday when a Republican candidate had to utilize a sign, a political campaign sign, to defend himself against one of... uh, Maxine Waters' dutiful servants who tried to attack him, physically attack him. We'll follow up on that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
Do you have credit card debt? Golden Oak Lending has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash, and you pay nothing out of pocket. People often tell me they didn't call sooner because they didn't think we could save them money. This is James Hawkins from Golden Oak Lending. With our expertise in today's increased home values, we can usually save you money. Call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Good Wednesday morning, people. Live from the Discovery Design Studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com Thank you to Rick and Jerry Pogue and all the... Wonderful people over there at Discovery Design. It's for all your trucks, people. Yeah, you guys have trucks out there, don't you? You know, even if you have a nice little Volvo out there, don't you think you need a conveyor on the top of it just in case? Don't you think you need a Venco hoist on that Volkswagen? But seriously, anything you... You know anybody who has a fleet of trucks or needs some fancy paint jobs or needs some equipment, light kits? I'll do anything for you. Great big operation. Discovery Design is another example of our growing economy and the fine folks at Arrowhead Building Supply who have decided, you know what? We're going to start another business. That's right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to start another business, people. And so, thus the birth of, of DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Yeah. So, the hurricane coverage you just saw and the news media just laying in wait Oh, they're, they're trolling President Trump big time. Oh, yeah. They're showing video of him. How dare... Did you see that video of him handing out food to those Puerto Rican people like he's the king of Siam and they're his little minions? And you know, if Obozo was doing it, he'd be Christ himself handing out loaves of bread. But no, it's... Look what he did last time. Last time there was a hurricane, you know what he did? That terrible authoritarian dictator did? He went and handed out food to those people and smiled while he was doing it. How dare him? You don't need it now, though? You know what he called Florence? He called Florence big and tremendously wet. What a horrible man he is. How dare him? You don't describe... Hurricane says big and tremendously wet. 
Oh, you mean unless you're the Weather Channel and every other meteorologist out there? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. I, I don't know what. Why is the president using terms like big and tremendously wet? I mean, that's not a scientific term. I mean, that's just going to go crazy. I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to laugh about the hurricane. I mean, it sounds horrible. And I just hope that these people are okay. I, I, you know, when these things happen like this around now, you get into mid-September, and what happens is these things come in there and they just, just devastate things, and then suddenly it's winter. I guess the only good news, at least down in the Carolinas, is there's not really much of a winter. I don't know. You guys kind of know about that a little bit. Some of you do. I think Julie's been down there. That's your home base there, Julie Matthews. It doesn't snow, though, in Hatteras or anything, does it? Big and tremendously wet people that hurricane is. Florence. Well, yesterday, you know, we played the lead witch. Maxine Waters, you know, we, we heard the, the whole Trump supporter thing, and she was all... If you see him at a restaurant, if you see him in a department store, even at a gasoline station, just tell him you're not welcome here anywhere. By the way, I'm begging one of her flying monkeys to tell me I'm not welcome at a gasoline station. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that day when I'm filling my gas tank up and one of her flying monkeys comes up to me and tells me I'm not welcome at a gasoline station. But anyway, so Maxine Waters decides that she's going to start to uh, double down on violence towards Trump supporters. And uh, lo and behold, uh, one of them decides, you know, it's not at a restaurant or a gasoline station. One of her people decides that they're going to, uh, to go ahead and, and attack uh, a Republican congressional candidate with a switchblade over the weekend in uh, Castro Valley, California. And this is a guy who, uh, during the entirety of the time, is yelling about President Trump. And uh, yeah, yes, uh, Ben McGuire, before I get to this, and thank you uh, to, uh, that's one of the face, things about the Facebook feed is I come, sometimes can get easily distracted. That's okay. It's like, it's like getting a, f- a phone call. Uh, like, and Ben was saying, yes, there was a slim crescent moon. Oh, there was one yesterday evening. Okay, just like there was on 9-11. That kind of freaked me out that night of uh, September 11, 2001, when I was driving home. Saw that crescent moon. I was like, this is too, too weird. Anyway, they decided uh, that Maxine Waters, one of her flying monkeys, decided on Sunday that this Castro Valley Fall Festival, you know, where they have a lot of these vendor booths and that kind of thing. Uh, one of the guys, this guy came out there, Farzad Fazeli. Be interesting to find out where he's from and how he got here and that whole thing, but he's 35 years old. And so he decided to go up and start to attack uh, verbally this Republican candidate, Rudy Peters. 
who is running against a Democrat incumbent there in the 15th congressional district. And so, yeah, uh, confront them someplace, according to Fat Maxine Waters. And did I just say Fat Maxine? I didn't mean. I didn't say mean to say Fat Maxine Waters. I meant to say I wouldn't say Maxine Waters, but I came out as Vaccine Waters and then Fat Maxine Waters, and I didn't mean to call her Fat Maxine Waters. There are plenty of other uh, adjectives I could use to describe her. Uh, she's not fat. I mean, I wouldn't call her fat anyway, but even if she was fat. So I'm just, you know, anyway, here's how it all went down, people. Hang on, hang on. In the East Bay, a Bay Area Republican running for Congress is attacked at a campaign event. Good evening, I'm Alan Martin. Good evening, uh, good evening, Alan. say the attack happened over the weekend at a festival in Castro Valley, and it all started with some disparaging comments about President Trump. KPI X5's Juliet Goodrich on what turned into true political fight. Juliet? Absolutely. You know, we all know about the political war of words, but here in the East Bay, it got physical. Yeah, who's surprised by that? I mean, after you've had a Democrat from Belleville, thanks a ton for representing, buddy, from Belleville goes up to D.C. and shoots up a, uh, a, a Republican baseball game or whatever it happened to be there. And, yeah, it's, these people are violent. That's what they've been doing this whole time. Did you miss the part where the Trump supporters outside the rally were beaten up in Chicago to the point where the president had to, had to well, then candidate, had to cancel the rally? Did you remember? What about the time when uh, the Trump supporters were hit with a bike lock by the Antifa guy? What about the time when the individuals in D.C. decided they were going to uh, Break windows and start fires and light limousines on fire up in D.C. on Inauguration Day. Maxine Waters deciding that she's going to promote violence against Trump supporters. What what do you think is going to happen? How is this not surprising to anybody? Tell me what you think. He would have stabbed me. I mean, he had it out saying, I'm going to kill you, MF, or I'm going to kill you. And he was... You could see his thumb trying to get the knife out. Republican Rudy Peters is running for Congress. Over the weekend, he says... Boy, if this were like a black Democrat, let's just create a scenario here. If this were like some black Democrat and some white supremacist or somebody came up to him and attacked him screaming Obama insults... There would there wouldn't be such a thing as Hurricane Florence. They would have ignored that completely and focused on 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 that story. What hurricane? Did you hear about that one person in a congressional district in California was attacked by a Trump supporter? I mean, you would have seen that in all of its all of its full glory. Threatened and attacked at his Republican booth at a fall festival in Castro Valley. I mean, this this is horrible. This is this is a major deal where now we have Republican candidates now getting attacked. And it's not that it's any worse than, than, a, uh, than a, another supporter getting attacked, but now it's gotten to the point where the, the candidates are being targeted. And yeah, this is one candidate, but yeah, it's one candidate. This is a pretty big deal. This happens in third world countries, people. And it's, it's interesting how people who are spit out from third world 
genes are the ones who are committing some of these acts. Farzad Fakwali, whatever the hell his name is. It's interesting. These people have started, have, have decided they're going to, they're going to bring their third world dirt over here. And, and then, and you have a situation where you have uh, candidates, you realize in Mexico, for instance, they've had upwards of uh, three, almost a hundred candidates killed. In, in, in this election cycle, people for mayor, people for council people. I mean, it's been pretty bad over there. But this only happens in, in third world countries. But you're getting this. And this isn't, this isn't a big enough story. He says it first started with verbal threats. He picks up the coffee cup to rear back to throw it at us. And I jump around the table. He throws a coffee cup and misses us. It hits the ground and breaks. So I come out and grab him and wrestle him and throw him down to the ground. He says that's when 35-year-old Farzad Fazeli of Castro Valley pulled out a knife. He's screaming, I'll kill you, mf or I'll kill you, I'll kill you. And he's kind of circling me, trying to get the knife out. Not only are the facts there... It's okay because, you know, after all, President Trump is a threat to democracy. The New York Times said that, didn't they? Or, I'm sorry, Barack Obama said that. Oh, I'm sorry, Mitt Romney said that. I mean... Look what these people are doing. Look what they have wrought on us now with their language and their descriptions of President Trump as being a threat to us, a threat to our democracy. You know what that means, right? I mean, that's pretty bad news, right? I don't think even in in Barack Obama's darkest, most destructive moments, we ever said he was a threat to democracy. Never. But they're doing that routinely now to the point where now it appears that any kind of act of a criminal act or civil disobedience is now A-OK as long as you are pissed off at Donald Trump. That's, that's apparently what this is all about. And, and, the, and the real scary thing is that somebody's going to wind up getting killed. There was a mass shooting tweet uh, right before a a Trump hotel event. And whether you guys heard about this one, where they, where where they uh, DC police had to investigate this thing, where it was a, it was an anonymous Democratic socialistic supporter on Twitter. I'm coming with a gun, the account threatened ahead of Tuesday's meetup. Now, I guess there's a possibility this was some kind of janked up fake account because they have them all the time. So who knows? Uh, They're now investigating the threat. And uh, it was brought up by a person called Dreamstar, Dreamstar Justice on Twitter. And I am coming with a gun and I expect to get numerous blood-stained MAGA hats as trophies. Now, obviously, this could be a setup job. It could be somebody else. But uh, there were a bunch of uh, pro-Trump groups, including Virginia Women for Trump, who were going to be there, scheduled to begin at 630. But you got a guy with a picture of a, a gun on Twitter and that becomes a little bit of a problem and they and they canceled the event just trying to be responsible we have uh the woman you know that old kook i was talking about carol cook 
about where's John Wilkes Booth when you need him. You heard her yesterday, you know, although I just don't think anybody really knows who she is, but uh, I don't know what, I don't know what, sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, there's an ad that's playing, but, but, but you heard her yesterday. I wasn't too lathered up about this one because she's just some old bag who's talking about where, I mean, she's just being, I didn't even know who she is, but apparently they're upset enough about it that they're, uh, Investigating what what she had to say here. On Broadway, did you see that? The Trump. I did. Trump banner. And one of the actors, uh, you know, kind of broke the fourth wall and said, "Hey, put the Trump banner away. This is frozen on Broadway." Now, is 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 that a proper venue for um, you know a a Trumper to to bring a a banner to? Well, my answer to that is, oh, this is good. Where was? No, you should. He's Where too old. is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're, but the, the the problem with this is as as innocuous it is, and it's coming from some senile old Broadway actress. It, it still is this pervasive kind of mood among Democrats and liberals and people who didn't vote for President Trump that this kind of language just becomes part of a vernacular, and when you start talking about you know, where's John Wilkes Booth when you need him? When you're casually talking about assassination, that that becomes part of the overall fabric of tolerance and 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 things like that. I'm not saying this woman's going to kill President Trump. I mean, I didn't think that Kathy Griffin was going to behead him. I mean, I, 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 those are less serious to me than the actual attacks or the 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 veiled threats and, uh, and encouragement coming from elected officials. That's a little more intimidating and a little more of a problem. I mean, but, but that's, you know, that's still part of the overall language. I mean, who talks like that? I mean, even, even when you guys were, and you and me, when, when, when Obama was at his worst, and I'm talking about and, and most destructive and most divisive, and when he was at his, at his finger-wagging, disgusting worse we didn't ever who would talk about assassinating the guy who would talk about you know can you imagine i mean i mean it wouldn't even occur to me to to think of you know boy where's lee harvey oswald when you, i mean i wouldn't even it's it's it doesn't even go there it never it never occurred to me to, to even think those ways now it's part of just simple simple casual references you know, Kamala Harris, it wasn't a big deal, but she was on Ellen's show. And I, I don't like that because I like Ellen. DeGeneres. But, but, but she's on that show. And, uh, you know, she talks about, you know, having to off present. Get, I, it just was even joking. It just doesn't seem like it's appropriate. But it seems like it's acceptable. And, again, this guy who attacked the Republican candidate uh, screaming Trump propaganda, anti-Trump propaganda – this is what you get when you have people who believe that as long as they're angry, as long as they're emotional about something, their acts are completely okay. Like, can you imagine the outrage if a Republican supporter went and shot up a group of Democrat politicians? Can you imagine the – it would be World War Three in this country. You'd have you'd have the news media touting this idea that we're at civil war and 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 here comes you know Hitler again or they're going to enslave. I mean, it was it would be an, I can't even imagine. Thank God it doesn't happen. It would be unimaginable. 
the reaction to it. But ho-hum, yeah, that happened a year ago, but who, you know, who's counting? Oh, yeah, I know they were some, I know that woman got the egg in her face. I know that guy was hit by a bike lock. I know that one person's uh, limousine that he uses for his livelihood was burned on Inauguration Day. I know they talked about assassination here, assassination there. But when, when that's your excuse, as long as you're just kind of pissed off at President Trump, then anything goes. And it doesn't help that at the higher reaches, at the higher levels, there's uh, basically a, a texture of, hey, it's okay because I'm doing it too. Even if you look at President Obama and his disastrous, disgusting, dark, bitter speech that he made on that campus on Friday, that was a huge break in protocol for a former president to do this kind of thing. It's never been seen before in the history of our country. But you've got Obozo up there going, yeah, but time's call for me to get up and uh, talk about the threat to democracy. It's like, you know, as long as you just simply say that, you can go ahead and do whatever you want. You could be a Cory Booker and say, expel me from the set. I'm Spartacus. Expel me. I'm going to, you know, so when you get leadership like that, and you get Maxine Waters dispatching all of her flying monkeys everywhere to attack people, no wonder you're getting what you're getting. And Republicans aren't much help either. Uh, you know, on, on the other side, you've got the people like Mitt Romney. You've got, you've got the people uh, like John Kasich. You've got the people who are the never Trumper crowd out there. You have Ben Sass even going on there and say, boy, this white house is so chaotic. I, I might leave the Republican party. It's like you're opening the floodgates for people to react. And, and I mean, and it's happening now. You know, Republican candidate attacked with a switchblade. The uh, mass shooting threat at a Trump, Trump hotel. You had the, you had this uh, office in, Wyoming, this uh, this GOP office in Wyoming that was set on fire two days after it opened. Can you imagine a Democrat office being set on fire? What would happen then? I mean, you'd have you they'd be showing loops of uh, pictures of church burnings in in the South. You'd bet you'd be seeing old video of that. It'd be a major major deal. Republican Party office in Wyoming set on fire two days after opening. Police believe it was intentional. Wyoming Republican Liz Cheney, you guys know her, said that, hey, you know, we got to figure this out because we have to be able to exchange ideas without having to be attacked on the street. But again, Maxine Waters, who is... uh, you know, not a, you know, who, who's not, I think, I think, always very credible. But when you've got people like that who are saying, hey, confront these people, attack them, fight back physically, I don't know why this is surprising to, to anybody. Then you have a, a woman who is a uh, columnist who is, her name is uh, D.C. McAllister. So she tweets out this uh, tweet about abortion, and she talks about how horrible abortion is, and now apparently she's in hiding uh, because she, 
she said that, and somebody tweeted out that they were going to rape her, and and and, and they were going to uh, kill her. I, I mean, and, and now she's in she's in hiding because of these threats. I mean, well, and, I mean, look at look at people like Ann Coulter when they speak and you know, when they talk. I mean, when they talk, it's 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 uh, how many times do you have to hear about? Uh, well, we're going to—they're going to rape Ann Coulter for her commentary. Or I mean, it's like these people are are violent, and and it's very intimidating and 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 very uh, scary to see the trend here. But again, they're only doing what Maxine Waters is saying. What she's and of course, the line president said that I had threatened all of his constituents. I did not threaten his constituents, his supporters. Uh, I do that all the time, but I didn't do it that time. They say I mean, those are people laughing at threats to constituents and their supporters. Uh, those, are, those, are people, those are the people out there who actually look at a situation where this guy in Wyoming is, is attacked physically, and they just say, oh... Uh, never mind, nothing to see here. And yet it seems like there wasn't even much coverage at all of this attack on this uh, this Republican candidate. There was no coverage of the Wyoming Republican office being set on fire. There's barely any coverage of uh, the, the overall threats, even that, that Matsing Waters is doing. So it's no wonder we're in a situation, folks, where now it seems that, uh, that we're on the precipice of somebody getting seriously hurt. But I know the networks have been busy because they're waiting for the president to make some kind of mistake when he responds to this hurricane, which is, I'm telling you, as I said at the very beginning, they have a yeah, Mama K. That was that was not a laugh. That was a crazy cackle. You're right about that. So, by the way, I owe you a Mediterranean sea bass post there, Mama K. I'll get to it as soon as I uh, possibly can. Right on. So, yeah, there. I would. I guarantee you. And and this is just me talking. I don't know, but I will tell you that. Uh, I believe that the networks as well as the newspapers, I believe that they have separate units set up to solely focus on Trump and his reaction to this hurricane. What do you think? Am I being cynical or am I just being uh, wildly prescient in my prediction here? Because you saw what happened even in Shanksville when the president popped off the plane and gave a couple of fists to his supporters who were standing outside waiting for him at the, on the tarmac. And they said, oh, the president left his plane in Shanksville and gave a fist pump in the air. Yeah, what, 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 acting as if somehow he was like, hey, yay, Flight 93 crashed. Woo! No, that wasn't what he was doing. But it doesn't matter. So they're trolling every little bit. But I'm sure they have people who are just dedicated solely to trying to figure out some way, somehow, the president is screwing up. I'm just telling you. Telling you. It's driving me crazy. Makes me cry. I'll cry to you. When your baby leaves you all alone and nobody 
Cause you're on the phone Call Mark Cation on the phone Don't you feel like I'm crying Don't you feel like I'm crying I'm gonna go ahead and call Mark Because uh, I'm I'm officially naming Mark the person in charge, the responsible party in talking about this thing. It's Mark's fault. Making the official Radio Free Almond Declaration that every mistake and horrible thing that a left winger does is Mark's responsibility. It's his fault. Come on, you can be a, those left people have Trump to blame for everything. We gotta have somebody to, to cry to, to go to. So yeah, prayers continue for our friends in North Carolina, South Carolina, and beyond on the East Coast as Hurricane Florence barrels bigly and tremendously wetly to the coast there. And I'm not being flip about this. Told you earlier, the president's being trolled about using the term. Tremendously wet, big. <laughs> why is why everybody so intimidated by the president? It's just odd. Oh, and John Kerry's back, by the way. I don't. I, can anybody explain? Is it? Is it? Is that? Is that what, what's happening here? With uh, is Kerry running for president? Because he's come out of nowhere, and suddenly there, there's Plastic Face Man again. It's like, where did you come from? His, his face looks like he's wearing a gladiator mask now. Doesn't even look like anybody really. It's like one big one big uh, swath of of plastic. Does that mean? I don't know. Her name is uh, Jen Psaki. This, to me, is the is the epitome of the left wing reaction to uh, to the situation involving Hurricane Florence. Uh, the president cancels everything, decides he's going to stay in the Oval Office. He's going to talk to people. He's going to open up his doors to the news media. But he's not going to do any campaign events. That campaign campaign event he had scheduled for Thursday in Cape Girardeau has been canceled because of the hurricane. He didn't, which, of course, he didn't really need to do that. Technically, in our world, the president shouldn't be involved in hurricanes at all, no matter what. But that's what the world we live in now. But he could have gone on with the campaign events and been fine, but that would have been with us. But he wouldn't have been fine with the news media. They would say, how dare you campaign for him? How dare you campaign for Josh Hawley while he's out there, while the hurricane's out there? How dare you go for Ted Cruz while the hurricane is out there? Okay, then I'll go back to the Oval Office. Okay, but you go back to the Oval Office and you better not talk or Jen Psaki's going to be all over your ass, depending on what you say. Don't you dare act like you're... The least bit in charge in there. Really struck. I mean, Angela touched on this a little bit, but the inaccuracy obviously is very jarring, but also his tone. I mean, he came across as almost gleeful and excited about the hurricane and how big it was and how tremendously wet it's going to be and all these absurd things that came out of his mouth. I tell you what, all you have to do is turn on to the Weather Channel 
And you'll hear words like wet and big. You'll, you'll, you'll hear words like that describing the storm. And I hope Jen realizes that this is a hurricane. And hurricanes tend to be big and tremendously wet. And I'm no scientist, and I'm no meteorologist, but hurricanes tend to be big and tremendously wet. And I'm not quite sure why that just drives the, the network people crazy, but boy, it does. In fact, there's this one, one reporter, she even met, mentioned it too. Listen to her. Live from the White House. Go ahead, like President Trump is insisting his administration is as ready as anyone has ever been to deal with Hurricane Florence. The president describing the storm as tremendously big and wet. Whoa! Okay, I, didn't, I can't tell whether he, because she said he said it was big and tremendously wet. She said it was tremendously big and wet. These people are out of their trees. They're crazy. They, they don't know how to react. And now the president is, 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 is in charge, okay? He's handling things now, which, again, there's no reason why the president ought to have a map of a hurricane in the Oval Office. It's just it, we have the emergency management people. We have, you know, people in charge. But this is what he has to do. Or, or because if he doesn't, then the news media is going to crawl all over him no matter what. So, uh, again, they have separate bureaus now set up to tackle his response to this hurricane. In the meantime, the hurricane's very serious. I mean, this is a very serious thing that's happening to our uh, American brothers and sisters down there on the East Coast. And unfortunately, what this is going to turn into is a political football. They're already... Uh, they've already queued up video from Puerto Rico. I know the president mentioned the response, but they're already queuing video of Puerto Rico and reminiscing on the president's first hurricane that he had to deal with in Puerto Rico. He dared go down there and hand food out to those Puerto Ricans, uh, and he smiled while he was doing it, and he acted like he was king of the world, and those people were his minions. It was a terrible event in American hurricane history. And even though, obviously, had Barack Obama I guarantee you, Right now, if Barack Obama were in the Oval Office with this dumb little bomber jacket on, they'd be heralding him as uh, the large and in charge master of hurricane ceremonies guy, the guy who was going to take over everything and, and make sure everybody's okay. That's the way it should be done. Then they, would, then they would show pictures of George W. Bush up in a plane overlooking Katrina, and that would be the whole summation of the story. But now they're going to go after him. So... Let me get Mark on here and yell at him. Got to have because Mark is solely responsible, as I mentioned, for um, all of the uh, ills of the world, and is uh, now uh, going to be required to uh, to respond to this. Hold on a second here. Let me just see what your number is. Okay, Mark, hang on. You better answer the phone, dude, too, because I don't have time. For you, left wingers and your non phone answering selves, when I am demanding that you account, I might even blame the hurricane on him. Because that, that's, that's, you know, kind of a. By the way, thank you to. Um, what do you have against John Kerry? 
I don't even know who John Kerry is. You mean that man who's walking around with a mask on? That guy? Yeah, I mean, I know his face looks a little weird, but I mean, you know, we all get older. Well, he's not getting older. He's 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 start he's looking more and more like an eighty year old cat woman from Ladue with uh yeah, he's, with, he's with not eighty plastic face. He's not eighty. And, he's and, getting up there. You know what I have against John Kerry? It's it's kind of the same thing I have against Maxine Waters, which is the same thing I have against Barack Obama, which is the same thing I have against John Kasich, which is the same thing I have against the guy who attacked a Republican candidate in California, which is the same thing I have against the guy who shot up the Republicans on the ball field. These people are all encouraging and, 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 and inciting an atmosphere of violence. They are, and, and I'm telling you, when Kerry goes on there and says that we don't have a president, I mean, at that, at that point, that becomes some pretty damn serious business, buddy. I mean, I, you guys, and, and again, it's not your fault, but it kind of is because you're here, and so therefore I'm going to blame you. But this idea that somehow we don't have a president, that, that creates an atmosphere where all bets are off, and it's no wonder you're getting people attacked physically and everything else. How do you... How do you not see this? First, I've said I've said we don't have a president from the beginning. So I I, I want to get credit for that. I, I'm one of the first that have said I don't we don't have a president. So that's number one. We, we've got madman, not a president. Uh, the second thing is that you forget. It's so amazing. Why have you forgotten that your guy, DJT? started off by saying he could shoot people on fifth Avenue. And then the next thing he said just a couple of days ago is if he loses the election, he expects violence. The man's a nutcase. He's the one that is encouraging this environment. It's not these other people. And by the way, I don't really like Maxine waters that much. So let's pull her out of the equation. But I, I, there's some great people out here doing good things. And I don't understand at all why you're upset about, you know, all the, some of the crazy people who are saying violent things when everybody, including the Republicans are saying that Donald is crazy. Oh, well, okay. First of all, you're, you're missing, you're, you're, you're predictably kind of trying to wag the, these uh, never Trump Republicans in front of us. And, and, and John Kasich has almost zero respect among real conservatives or just people who are common sense conservatives. Everybody knows that John Kasich is all out for himself and, and is not, and he's just not a credible Republican to us. And so I don't know why you're, you're bringing him into the mix or Mitt Romney or Ben Sass or whoever. And since when would you be quoting Ben Sass anyway, dude? Yeah, I think that, that uh, Kasich actually is a kind of a good guy uh, he talks a little too much about God, but but he's really a, a, a but he's really a very nice person. I, well, I'm sure he's I a like nice. I've interviewed him before. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice person, but that's not what we're talking about. Is whether or not he's a nice person. This idea somehow he's only talking about Trump because Trump is successful. I don't know whether you did you see the other day, Mark, because you love to talk about this economy stuff, and and and, and I do too. But but you. Uh, mentioned, I don't know whether you saw the uh, the 
latest from the Washington Post, which is no right-wing rag, uh, acknowledging that uh, there's a tremendous growth in jobs, 3.3% in the manufacturing sector right now. That's, that's a lot of that's – a, that's a big increase, 3.3% in the manufacturing sector, and they, they uh, did attribute much of it to uh, President Trump, his tax cuts, his economy, and – and and this economic environment right now. So so it's no wonder people like Kasich is going. They're going crazy because nothing that they predicted is turning out to be the case. You know, what you should do, and, and I know it'll bore you a little bit, but one day you should have me come in and spend fifteen minutes showing some charts about what's really happening in the economy, and we could talk about who's okay. responsible for what. All right, yeah. We should do that. Sure. We should do that. Because, I, they, because I, I can tell you right now, you'd have your eyes open, because I know these numbers backward and forward. But, I mean, I've been doing this for 50 years. I know what I'm doing. But here's the deal, though. You are, you are gradually you are gradually becoming a minority in the field of people who continue to act as if this is that, that President Trump has nothing to do with the economic growth we're seeing. You can make all the predictions you want about what will happen and bubbles this and bubbles that. But the reality is uh, you're, you're slowly but surely becoming a, a – I mean when the Washington Post is starting to acknowledge the president's role in this economy, I don't know – understand why you continue – to hang on to this idea that the president has nothing to do with it. Well, first of all, he's trying to kill the trade deficit, which is actually um, a, a factor in supporting economic growth. The, the man doesn't know what he's doing. He also is creating an increase in, in the, the uh, budget deficit. It's all over the news this morning that the huge budget deficit, which I told you the other day that the tax receipts are falling which is unbelievable. In the history of the United States, we have never had tax receipts going down except in depressions or recessions. And we've got tax receipts falling, and they're falling like a rock right now. It is extremely dangerous. It's going to hurt. Right. You, you're, you're, you're taking you, – I, I don't know what figure you're taking, but the last news was that tax receipts were flying into government coffers. And that was reported by the Wall Street Journal. So what are you, what, no, what, what, no what are you sourcing now? No. No, that didn't. I'm sourcing the Federal Reserve, and I I sent you the chart. That's why I say we got to do this in the studio, fifteen yeah. minutes with the charts, yeah, don't and I'll show charts. you from the from the Federal Reserve. Okay, that's that's who I go by. Right. Well, now, I you know, listen. Uh, we'll we'll see. But uh, the reason why the budget is is a problem is because once again, <laughs> uh, the one thing that President Trump uh, should. Uh, not have done is sign that omnibus bill and 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 he did and now look what we're doing we you, you the problem is you can't and and you know i will give you this because you've mentioned kansas before one of the reasons why kansas had such a problem is because kansas uh cut taxes but didn't cut their spending and 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 that's yeah. and that's always I'm a sorry that's not true what i'm sorry that's not true okay Th and I can show you it's not true. You, they cut the spending, and it, it exacerbated the problem. No, Mark, listen that that you're you're promoting some kind of theory uh, that, that you believe that the the lack that the 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 cutting spending and the lowering taxes, but they didn't cut spending enough. 
I mean, again, you have to go in when when three quarters uh, of your budget is spent on entitlements. You have to go in and you have to start working on on these issues. You you you, you have to start cutting your spending. You can't cut taxes and and balloon spending at the same time. It never works. But anyway, yeah. bring your you can you can you can you can blame me for anything, but I'm going to say it really comes from John Maynard Keynes. So leave me out of it. But but let me go back to something that you were talking about early, which was the business of 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 all this violence that's out here. Yes, you mean the, and, the violence and, and, that you all. I'm, I'm telling you, and, and and again, I've decided that you are going to be solely responsible for the activities of Maxine Waters. Obozo and the guy attacking the Republican there and the people who lit the fire in Wyoming. You have to understand that it had this been go had, had let me just give you one example. If there if there was a Democrat office in California or in Wyoming that was set on fire 2 days after it opened, first of all the likelihood is it would have been set on fire by a Democrat to to fake people out because that's usually what happens whenever there's a, one of these fake cross burnings or something it's usually some black dude who lit the fire so anyway but but let's just pretend that there was no question about this being perhaps a republican act you'd be seeing the news media going crazy over this thing you'd see old pictures of church burnings in the south and everything else but Instead, with this church, with this burning of the office in Wyoming, there's no coverage whatsoever. The networks completely ignored this attack on that Wyoming uh, and on that California congressman, which was a knife attack on a guy. I mean, they completely ignored that and, and, and barely covered really to any extent in terms of a bigger picture ramifications, the shooting of those Republicans playing baseball. And you've got Maxine Waters out there and, and the, and, and t- talking about how, oh, I threaten Trump supporters all the time or confront them at the gasoline station. It's no wonder we're getting this situation right now that we're getting. Yeah, I can stop all this violence for you in, in two ways. The first way would be to get rid of the guns. I know you're not going to do that, so let's throw that out. But, but that this, would help. Okay, but, okay but, 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 well, let, me, let, me, let me stop you for a second, though. Yeah, sure. I didn't mention what there wasn't, you know, with the exception of the, the shooting of the of the uh, Republicans that, that was actually done with a with a legal yeah, firearm, with a gun, right, right. But but the other stuff I'm talking about in terms of the violence, we're talking about most of the violence we're seeing is not. I can tell with, you. Go. I've got the I've got the answer. What is the answer? Send every send everyone to college and pay for it. And I'm going to tell you this right now. All these people who are out shooting and, and hurting and, and acting crazy and setting fires, none of them have masters or degrees or PhDs from anywhere. They haven't gone to college. They're, these maybe haven't even finished high school. You educate a bunch of people, put them in college. I guarantee you they'll be passing exams and forgetting about lighting things on fire. It's, it's simple. It really works. There's no question. Maxine Waters went to college. Yeah, well, she never shot anybody, and she didn't light anybody on but, but, fire. But she's inc- but she's inciting people to do so, and, and I'm I'm just but telling nobody you. Will, they, but they, nobody who goes to college will listen to that. They, they, no, no, they'll they, just they'll just go take their tests. Well, no, the 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 problem that we have right now is we have a a political party, we have a news media. That is, if it's not enabling 
violence against Trump supporters through its use of language such as uh, a threat to democracy and this kind of stuff, or whether well, they're a threat. When, 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 no, he's not, Mark. You, you know, listen. I said earlier. I said, you know, even when Barack Obama was at his darkest and most destructive. I never even t- talked about him being a threat to democracy. Just because I don't agree with somebody's policies doesn't mean that they're a threat to democracy. And, and when and again, this man has no policy. Well, yes, he does. He and, has no policy. When you, when he's you, just a nutcase. When, when you he's just, a madman, and he's going to climb up on Trump Tower and drop and jump okay. off. Now, you're, I never. Now you're, now I never okay. No, wait. I never said that, he, that anybody should shoot him. I'm against that. I hate that. But I do believe. Now, I know you think. I, You've told people, I don't say things I don't believe. I honestly think that this guy is going to climb up on top of Trump Tower Tower and jump off because I think he'll, he'll love the newspaper clippings. He's a crazy All right. man. Okay. All right. Now, now you're just blathering on. Here's, here's the thing, Mark. I think intellectually you have to be able to – you have to be able to admit that we have an environment right now where people are now casually talking about assassinations. Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. It's an old, senile, old kook actress on Broadway. I understand that. But you've got other people, whether it be Republicans and Democrats, talking about this environment where President Trump is a racist or a threat to democracy. And then, of course, conversely, the conclusion is being made by your so-called non-college-educated people, uh, which I don't agree with. uh, The conclusion is that anybody who supports that then is a problem and, and, and is a threat themselves, which is why you're getting these smaller, lower-level confrontations that you're seeing in California, you're seeing in Wyoming or, or whatever it happens to be, or on the streets when people are, are in demonstration mode. But, but yeah. again, it's, a, it's, a, it's an environment that if, this, if the shoe were on the other foot, this would be close to catastrophic, my friend, and people would be – so it would be so alarming to people that that you'd, you'd have people who were they'd be reporting this day in and day out. You wouldn't even think there was a hurricane. This would be such a big deal. Now, first, you need to listen to Bob Woodward. But after that, I want you to know that 30 percent of the people in this country support Donald Trump. And of those 30 percent, the vast majority, number one, have never gone to college. Have not many have not finished high school. Let me also point out that that you know you've got a guy in, in Donald who is is saying things that and, I mean he look I know you say these are never Trumpers but but the the, the entire country uh, the latest polls that came out sixty percent think he's he, he never tells the well all right listen that wasn't me cutting you off but, but it was God. Apparently he just was tired. He was even tired of your blathering. I did. I'm sorry. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to 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 the phone line. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, there he was. He came back. All right. Well, it's over. And when it's over, when it's over, that's the time I fall in love again. That's the time I fall in love again. With another topic. That's all. It's over. That's the time you're in my heart. Good morning. Thank you too. When you go, 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 go. My friends over there. I know. 
Santino cigars and cocktails. Arnold. That's right, people. That's where we're going to have our happy hour on the 27th. That's where the County Brown Barbecue Boys are going to be out in force, raising money for backstoppers. We're going to have a bourbon tasting there as well. It's going to be at the same time. We might even have some Radio Free Almond cigars for you. That'll be uh, Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there. Beautiful Arnold off of Vogel Road. Also, thank you to Matthew Mitchell of the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency. 855 Quoten. That's right, people. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time for your home, auto, and life. Can't beat it with a stick, people. Can't beat it with a stick. By the way, Proctor Drapery, Michael Proctor, is going to be in just a little bit, too. I love this guy. He and I have a lot of great political discussions, and he's back on the show, back supporting Common Sense Radio. And don't forget also, folks, my friends over at Golden Oak Lending. That's right. Cure your blues, right? Here's the deal. Your home values are increasing. And these guys can save you money. They're the among the three largest lenders in the country. And they're right here in our backyard. So that's a matter of pride as it is. You have a lot of people who have love the fact that at Golden Oak Lending, there are their fellow St. Louisans are working there. St. Louisans know the ins and outs of their neighborhoods, everything else. So if you're buying a home or buying some real estate, whatever it happens to be, and you're using my friends over at uh, TracyEllis.com, Tracy and Rick, Golden Oak will set you up. I'll get you pre-approval for all that. And then also, speaking of that home value increase, they'll turn that money around to turn your frown upside down. They take all the risk. If they can't close your loan, appraisal, everything's totally no charge. Stop paying your double-digit credit card interest and turn that money around and get rid of it. And again, pre-approval and then also rates in the three, so they're going to save you money. Or it'll cost you nothing to find out because they do a little mortgage checkup for you. 314-567-GOLD. That's 314-567-GOLD. So thank you, Golden Oak Lending, for your support of the Radio Free Almond product. I told you they're going to be... They're going to be trolling this president big time over this hurricane. And they just do not like the fact that this president is... Is using such terrible languages. Big and tremendously wet or whatever, you know. From my window, I'm staring while my coffee grows cold. This is uh, really, this is um, Joe, what's his name, isn't it? I don't mind Sugar Ray, but the original uh, song is... Uh, What's his name? 
help me out with these people. Uh, okay, let me see. Really going out? Is she Joe, uh, it's Joe Jackson, man. Because J- Joe Jackson was the one. Thank you, Zach. But what I mean is, it was uh, the Joe Jackson. It was back from my, in my day, man. Big Joe Jackson. That's the original one right here. Hey, uh, Zach. I think, uh, let me see if... Uh, if uh, my buddy Michael's out there yet, he hasn't texted me yet. We'll see. See, that's the, this is this is the original version. This is the Joe Jackson version. I like this one. I'm gonna get pulled off of Facebook here if I don't watch out. Good morning this morning, everybody. Yes, I, I, I'm I'm sorry I'm getting so much out of this uh, of this coverage of Hurricane Florence and. And, and the weirdness that is the news media as they troll the president over every little reaction to the hurricane. They're, they're, they're plotting right now. By the end of this weekend, Hurricane Florence will be solely President Trump's fault. I, I, I hope you all know that. It's, it's getting to the point where it's almost comical to watch the news media fall all over itself to troll every kind of bit of language that the president uses uh, when he's talking about the hurricane. Of course, you know, he can't win for nothing, as you all know, because, you know, he stayed home. He's not going to be in Cape Girardeau tomorrow. Uh, He decided he was going to stay in the Oval Office and he's going to have all of his, you know, hurricane maps around him and he's going to have to be in charge, even though I'd rather him be doing other things. I just don't think the president needs to be the hurricane guy. But nonetheless, he has to be now because if he's not, then he's going to be roundly attacked for being detached and everything else. And then they'll replay the picture of GW from the plane and Katrina and blah, blah, blah. And then I guess today, well, I don't know, Saturday, Sunday, maybe they're going to have uh, – let's reminisce about Republicans' reactions to hurricanes versus uh, Democrats' reactions to hurricanes. And that's the kind of thing – you're going to get from our from our news media, and, and 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 we'll be getting that all day long. And for instance, when they when they talked about the uh, president's original response to uh, the the Puerto Rican hurricane, they were actually acting as if uh, you know he said he did a good job, even though three thousand people died. Well, they didn't die from the hurricane. They didn't die from President Trump's response. But I'll give you a little example. Here's NBC News is uh, Trump in the Oval Office late today said the federal government is, quote, absolutely and totally prepared to respond to Florence. But he also praised his own much criticized response last year to Hurricane Maria. And wow, that's a boy. They really. They they the the, the people over at, Ch- at NBC, <coughs> pardon me, really do know how to wordsmith on this. He praised his much-criticized blah, blah, blah. So, of course, you know that they don't agree with his praise. So you, you already know kind of where they're, where they're standing on this, right? So Lester's going to keep Rico, going. despite the official death toll recently being raised to nearly 3,000 people. Right. All of those deaths had nothing to do with President Trump's response to the hurricane. First of all, they died from the hurricane. Then they died from the heat. Because they had 
no immediate shelter. And uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, as we've seen with every single hurricane, can only do so much. It's just the federal government is not always the best responder to hurricanes. Then you have Puerto Rico, which is detached anyway from the mainland. And so you had a problem getting uh, ships over there and, and getting getting goods over there and things like that. It was a monstrosity of an event, and it was hard to handle. It just is. So again, but they decided, oh, that, 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 that's got to be the, you know, they never blame, you know, with Sandy and everything else, never at all. I mean, that, 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 there's still devastation up there in the wake of Sandy, and yet there's no mention at all of whether or not Barack Obama's responsible for it. You know, to tell you the truth, I don't think he is. I just think, I think you're really hard-pressed to, to try to make hurricanes and events like this all about the president of the United States. It just doesn't work. And I wouldn't have done it with Barack Obama. I just, you know, I've, I've, never, I've never been that way. Anyway, they are. It's almost as many lives lost in the September 11th attacks. Yeah, okay. I mean, I realized yesterday was the anniversary of the attack, and that was a, it was a cute little tie-in. But, again, non sequitur. Neither one has anything to do with each other. Kristen Welker joins us live from the White House. Kristen, what's the latest? Lester, good evening. Tonight, President Trump is insisting his administration is as ready as anyone has ever been to deal with Hurricane Florence. The president describing the storm as tremendously big and wet. Tremendously big and wet. How dare you, Mr. President, describe a hurricane as tremendously big and wet? I don't know. I have to tell you, if if I were playing like a game on a game show and I was on one of those um, clue games or whatever those things are, what is it, uh, password or guess that phrase or guess or if we were playing charades or verbal charades or whatever it is, and somebody and my partner said tremendously big and wet, you know what my answer would be? I'd hit the buzzer. Hurricane! That's That's what I would... That's what I would say. If I were on a game show, I'd hit the buzzer right away. And if I were the other person and I was trying to describe hurricane without saying hurricane, what is that game called anyway? I would say tremendously big and wet. That's, what I, that, that, that's exactly the words I would use to describe a hurricane. Now, this Jen didn't like uh, his terminology, but I think she thought he said something different. Uh, let me see. The inaccuracy obviously is very jarring, but also his tone. I mean, he came across as almost gleeful and excited about the hurricane and how big it was and how tremendously wet it's going. So I can't figure out because because the other reporter thought it was tremendously big and wet. And she thinks it's uh, excited about the hurricane and how big it was and how tremendously wet it's going to be. And she said he called it big and tremendously wet. So I really didn't listen to his things. I can't forget whether he said tremendously big and wet or big and tremendously wet. But these two reportresses are falling all over themselves trying to criticize him. They can't even get his terminology accurate. And I, I still don't know what he said. Does anybody know exactly what he said? Either way, it's either tremendously big and wet, which is what a hurricane is, or it's big and tremendously wet, which is exactly what a hurricane is. I'm just telling you, that's just very simple, but they're going to be trolling him all day long.
I just pray, not for the sake of Donald Trump, but for the sake of our fellow Americans, that nobody dies or nobody suffers greatly through uh, Hurricane Florence. That's what our sole focus ought to be on. But instead, the news media is kind of going to be uh, trolling the president on every single reaction here. And frankly, uh, to tell you the truth, I, I, I don't think this is the venue for a president anyway, but oh well. Knock yourself out. The president's now forced to be in a situation like this because the fact of the matter is they are uh, they're, they're, they're looking out. If the president made one false move, they'd be all over him. I think he could have come to Cape Girardeau yesterday, held a political event. I think it's perfectly okay to hold political events even when there are hurricanes because there are jobs to do. There are things to, to follow up on, and there's a republic that we have to maintain here. So it's perfectly okay, but he's not Barack Obama, so he can't do whatever he wants, and he's got to stay put in the office. But even when he does, he's got people who are trolling him and uh, and, and going after him. So that's uh, that's where it's all at. I wanted you to uh, draw your attention also to a uh, article that is very interesting. It's in the Los Angeles Times. And now I asked earlier the question, those of you who are on medication or taking medication for anything, um, I don't happen to uh, have a prescription uh, for anything necessarily. Um, I, I do, uh, you know, my guys over at Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, I do all kinds of supplements with them and do my vitamin blast with Dr. Naputi, NaputiWellness.com, and my Myers cocktail and everything like that. But the prescription drug prices, uh, apparently, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed in terms of the cost of prescription drugs, in terms of uh, the cost of even generic drugs. And so we get this uh, story in the Los Angeles Times about a drug company executive saying that it's a moral requirement to charge patients the highest price for drugs. And this uh, interview with this guy in the Financial Times, and he is a executive with the drug company Nostrum Laboratories. And he says, quote, in the Financial Times, I think it's a moral requirement to make money when you can to sell the product for the highest price. Now, I don't disagree that you should be making the most money that you can. I, I don't disagree with that. And I don't disagree with the idea that you should be able to sell your wares at the highest price you can. I, I don't see anything wrong with that at all in terms of, and even if you are a drug company, I don't see anything wrong with uh, charging a price based on the demand for your product and based on the excellence of your product uh, on down the line. I don't see a problem with that. The problem is that when the government gets involved, then it's no longer a fair, really practical, capitalistic playing field at this point. Now, again, the, the moral obligation thing is, is a, a moral requirement is kind of weird, uh, but 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 I don't in, – in essence, I don't blame a company for charging as much as it can 
for something that it has that's in demand. I, I, I get that. But the problem is when you're partially subsidized by the government and, and indeed your competition is then also quashed by the government, then you got a different situation going on. That, then, yeah, okay, you can make all the money you can, but do it by yourself. Do, do it on your own because what's happening is these drug companies are selling these pharmaceuticals and they are having their wheels greased by the government in terms of subsidizing uh, the studies and the research and everything for the, for, the, for the drugs. So at that point, the moral requirement is for you to be able to honor that partnership by not screwing Americans when it comes to the prices of your drugs. So listen, if you want to charge the highest price you want, knock yourself out, but pay for your own damn research. There's no reason I ought to be paying for the research of a, a drug that you're uh, the price of which you're going to jack up 5,000%. There's no reason why I ought to be paying that when I'm already paying for your research. I shouldn't have to pay for anybody's research or patents or whatever. I shouldn't pay for that stuff unless I'm getting something back. Am I investing in Nostrum Laboratories? No. Am I investing in Pfizer? No. Am I, am, am I an investor when they're using my tax dollars to research their drug? They're going to jack up 5,000%? No. That seems to me to be kind of a ripoff, to tell you the truth. They're the only – I'm the only one taking the risk. They're not taking any risks. So the fact of the matter is if you are charging and, and upping your bills or your pills 5,000%, and you don't have any overhead in terms of paying for your research because the government's paying for it, then that's not, it's not capitalism. That's, that's, not the, that's not the way it, it, it ought to be working here. And so it's not me being socialist if I tell Pfizer and Nostrum to kiss my ass when they want me to pay for their research. If they're not going to give me a lower price on the drugs or my mom a lower price on her drugs. Or any of you out there a lower price on your drugs. So don't, don't lecture us about morality when you're getting rich off of my taxpayer dollars paying for your research and your investment and all of your risk when you're doing nothing but pocketing the drug price at 5,000% increase. So I don't want to pay for any of it. Go do your own. If, if your drug is so great, do your own damn research. Don't make me do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to keep buying your mice. Buy your own mice. Go to the mice store and buy your own mice. I'm not paying for your mice anymore or whatever, the, or your monkeys or whatever it is you're using. Don't make me pay for it and then, and then, and then uh, make some broad kind of uh, statement about how moral it is for you to charge 5,000% increases in your drugs. Then you have a situation that's even now worse, thanks to guess who? You have uh, it's a one, two, three, four, five letter word and begins with Obama! Obama! Right! 
You do remember when President Obama came into office and he was supposed to be the savior of all the, the poor people and all the struggling people and all the, all the elderly people. And we were told that uh, the Republican Party is uh, mean to seniors and horrible to seniors and this and this and this. Well, guess what happened with the uh, attempt to reduce the price of drugs? See, when uh, price reduction comes, and I'm not going to be uh, – please – uh, give me a break when it comes to explaining just general economics because I don't always get things right. But a couple of simple things I do know that competition normally will lead to lower prices. So, for instance, if you're the only game in town and you're the only one with the drug that does this and no one else is out there that has one like that because you were able to use taxpayer dollars to research it and everything else, and you're the only game in town, then somebody who needs your drug because a doctor tells them they need the drug. Uh, and by the way, that's why Dr. Naputi is so awesome, NaputiWellness.com, because the bottom line is he can fix a lot of things for you permanently without any pharmaceuticals at all. But that's another story for another time. But let's just say you're dealing with a doctor who does prescribe for them, and some people do actually need them, so it's not that Big of a deal, so you, uh, you, 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 competition will 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 reduce prices because when there are more people out there in the marketplace, there are more people who have to buy, have to vie for your attention, your pocketbook, and so they have to keep their prices lower. When you're the only game in town, you're going to jack up your prices, of course, because you're the only game in town. People have to go to you for it, and you've got a monopoly, so to speak, on the matter. Then came the uh, and Michael Proctor's here, right? Okay, we'll get we'll get and Michael will get Michael in here in a second. I'm going to finish. I'm going to wrap this up and put a little a fine little bow on this one. So on came generic drugs, and the generic drug market was supposed to be a savior. It was like, wow, this is cool. You mean to tell me I can get the generic version of this, and that's going to be awesome? And yeah, and you know what it did was for a time. The presence of generic drugs reduced the price of the name brand pharmaceuticals. It was just the 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 way it goes. I mean, it, it's just how the market works. Now, keep in mind, it doesn't always work. For instance, in, in the restaurant business, and I'll give you an example: uh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell was just recently named uh, the best Mexican restaurant in America. Okay. So that's you take it for what it is, but Taco Bell is out there, and they've been just named crowned the best Mexican restaurant in America. And obviously, I could refute that all day long. But the bottom line is, Taco Bell has become so prominent and so prolific and so disgustingly good that it is the only game in town. So you can't really set up. You know, uh, you know, Taco Buzzer next door, and suddenly Taco Bell goes out of business. Doesn't really work that way. Uh, Taco Bell, because of their excellence in terms of their marketing and everything else, are going to prevail. But generic drugs are different because generic drugs and name brand pharmaceuticals, if they're, it's the same damn substance in it. All right. So the onset of generic drugs uh, reduced greatly the price of the of the 
the name brand drugs, but then, of course, also the generic drugs were priced very low. But I don't know whether you guys have noticed this or not. I haven't noticed it because I take medications, but I have noticed it because I know people who are that 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 the generic version and and, and my daughter takes allergy medicine, all that kind of stuff. The generic versions are now just as expensive as the as the regular versions in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, the generic versions are uh, just as expensive as the name brand versions. And you know why? Obama! Yeah. Well, okay. Obama's FDA. You know what they did during the Obama administration is they created, of course, more regulation. And this has happened time and time again. More regulation. And so... Obama! And his FDA decided that because his name is Obama, he'll do whatever he wants to, and he'll just simply sign an order and let his agency sign his order because my name is Barack Obama, and I got a pen in the phone. I use my pen in the phone. And so what he did was they decided they were going to increase the regulation as it relates to generic drug makers. Part of the reason why oftentimes... Drug and pharmaceuticals are so expensive is because of the uh, the process of the paperwork involved in proof of research and in patents and in efficacy and all kinds of things. The paperwork itself is a uh, is a very hard thing to to do. It's exceedingly expensive to get a permit so to speak, to sell your drug. So it used to be that the generic drugs uh, didn't really have that kind of, um, you know, that kind of demand. And so it was kind of easy for generic drug makers to kind of hit the market and be able to compete with these other guys. Well, I guess there was this idea that, well, you know, why are the other guys spending so much money when they're the name brand and these guys aren't? So they decided, I know what we'll do. Instead of reducing the amount of money it costs for the name brand guys will increase the amount it costs for the generic guys. And so suddenly the generic guys are spending just as much money as the other guys and boom, that's what you're, you're getting. Now, I don't know whether generic drugs, uh, uh, somebody had mentioned that the, uh, the Crestor for cholesterol, the generic version and, and, and Jennifer says they don't really work as well sometimes, uh, so she's not convinced it's the same substance. Yeah, sometimes I, I, can, I can see that. But all I'm saying is, though, the reason why generic drugs are uh, as expensive in most cases as the commercial ones or, they, or they, the name brand ones is because the Obama administration has made it so. And so now, of course, the, the name brand guys don't have any need at all to reduce their prices. No need in any way, shape, or form to reduce their prices because their competition has to is has to charge the same. So at that point, then why would you reduce your prices? So again, to the pharmaceutical companies and uh, and the other individuals who decided to uh to uh to go, oh yes, Gia mentioned BidRx. Gia, is that still on? Gia's going to be on later this week. Is is BidRx still still a thing? Weren't you part of that whole thing? 
Anyway, I'll, we'll talk more about that when you're on and we'll follow up with it. But again, you know, if you're going to lecture me as a pharmaceutical company about how moral you are in charging the highest price you can, uh, don't make me invest in your company without any, any payback. So if you're going to go ahead and take all the money that you make, uh, then don't use mine for your research. Oh, come on! Seriously. Uh, it, it's 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 I, I'm not the one who should be taking all the risk in your little drug manufacturing foray. That's all I'm saying. So so again, spare me your uh, your this this idea somehow that you are uh, being moral and 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 nicely capitalistic and everything else because uh, to me you are uh, ripping me off. I'm not paying for your mice anymore. Or I don't want to, at least. Or your rats. I'm not paying for your rats. Buy your own rats. Buy your own mice. Buy your own Reese's monkeys. Don't make me buy it. Unless I'm going to return. Yes, Scott, they do do research on monkeys. Or at least back in the day, the Reese's monkey. I don't know why the Reese's monkey pulled this short straw. I told that story about the the zoo I used to go to in Madison, Wisconsin. Again, I'm not a zoo fan overall. But I really wasn't a fan of the Madison Zoo there because they had a... Uh, they had, a, they had a zoo that was kind of like, like, it was small. It was kind of like a ghetto zoo, you know. And uh, a zoo like that, it's not going to really get the kind of monkey population that like a St. Louis zoo could get. And so uh, they, you'd go to the, the Violet Zoo in Madison and you'd go to the monkey house or like the monkey cage. And it was just some round cage in the middle of a zoo. And like the birdhouse at the zoo here was just like a round cage and all these monkeys running around. But they all had bandages on their heads. <laughs> they all had they, they all had like these like these headbands on and band-aids and stuff like that because they were utilized for research and then thrown into this cage for our entertainment. It's like that's just there's something really wrong about that. You know what I mean? Here, Reese's Monkey, we're going to take half your brain out, and then we're going to put you in a cage so that little Billy can en- enjoy your half a brain climbing all over a cage activities. Man. The Reese's Monkey is like looking up at God going, dude, really? How, how, did, how did you manage to make me... How did I get to be a rhesus monkey? I could have been a cow in India where they would leave me alone. I, or I could have been yingling the ding ding the panda having babies in St. Louis. But no, I had to be the rhesus monkey that had my brain taken out by the folks at Pfizer so the folks at Pfizer could charge 5,000% on my drugs. 
All right. Let's see if we could get uh, Michael Proctor in here. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Good morning this morning. Uh... And John Kerry's back, too. Where'd he go? There he is. Where is he? Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, Proctor spelled like Dr. Michael Proctor. Go ahead and grab those headphones, buddy. We'll get you set up right in front of that microphone. you got to talk into that microphone now, mister. There you go. Hi, Jamie. How you hey, doing? how are you, buddy? Hey, look, see, I'm taking my, <laughs> taking my shoes off because uh, my son Brandon said I, I, I need to be more like Jamie. You got to be like you, you got to be like there. the hippies, right? Right. Uh huh. Michael Proctor, uh, and by the way, hi, Brandon. You just got back from uh, Kansas City, where Brandon is, right? Right. Right. And. Uh, he told me to go barefoot on. Your show. He watches your show every morning. I see him sometimes pop on the deal there, and 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 thank you, Brandon, for doing that. Because uh, I used to, I utilized Brandon's name actually uh, about a week and a half ago, Michael. And by the way, folks, uh, please give uh, Michael a big thank you for coming back on the show, or coming back to, or coming back to me, and Common Sense Radio and Free Conservative Radio. That he supported back in the day and and supports now. And it's Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. And good guy, good friend, longtime friend. He and I have great conversations. The other night we were talking about politics and beyond. And you and I are kindred spirits in that sense. Right. Eating oysters, too. Eating oysters. And drinking what? Uh, <laughs> gin. gin. Yeah. Right on. fun. Gin and raw oysters can't beat that. No. The gin kills whatever it is that the oh. raw oysters might okay. do to you. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I, okay. I'm thinking that's anyway. <laughs> I figured, you know, that, well, at least that's my excuse anyway. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned Brandon the other day because I was talking about, uh, and this was a long time ago when Brandon was in St. Louis. And, you know, I'm not getting this. I, I don't have all, the whole full story. But, you know, Brandon had a had, had a degree in, what was it, chemistry? or No, it's bio- uh, uh, Research biology. Research biology. Mm-hmm. And Cell, cellular biology is his actual degree. So okay. He's Dr. Proctor. So, yeah, he's Dr. Proctor. So he gets out of school and, uh, you know, looking for a job. And, and, and in fact, um, what happened is he was at a job. And then, no, no, and he was competing for a job and mm-hmm. didn't get the job. Right. Right. And who got the job? job? I think an Ethiopian yeah, yeah, some from woman Ethiopia from e- with a PhD from some yeah African country or whatever. Right. I don't know. Well, okay, but, but and I was trying to explain to people that this is what's happening here is that we are the, the current way that we do visas, which is why President Trump is on to something. And and although unfortunately there are Republicans who are talking him out of it, unfortunately because they're all tied into the globalist economy and they're multinational corporation masters. But uh, what they're doing is, the, is they, they, they have a set amount of these uh, tech visas that they just hand out to these companies. And these companies are like temp agencies. And they go out and they, and they work on behalf of these other companies here in the U.S. and, and recruit people from foreign countries to come in on the tech visas. Now, oftentimes these people will not only come in on the tech visas, but then they'll 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 
the tech visas will expire and they'll still be here. And actually half of all the illegal immigrants in this country are here on expired visas. Half They're not people teaming across the border. They're here on expired visas. But there's no reason why – it's one thing to, to, to create and meet a need, but it's, it's another thing to have the government purposely – creating an atmosphere where they are competing against their own citizens, which is exactly what this whole visa program is about, because these people are no more skilled. They're no more well-educated than, uh, than U.S. citizens. And on top of that, the, the companies are not required anymore, or at least they're, they're required to, but they don't follow the rules. They're not required to uh, prove that an American can't do the job because essentially that whole visa program was created, but it was on, on the condition that a company had to prove it it didn't have anybody else to do the job. They don't have to do that anymore. And so now you have this monstrosity that is the U.S. government creating a system that competes against its own citizens and lowers wages for everybody because these people aren't paid anything when they come over here. Right. And, uh, you know. Brandon's got his degree from Washington University, you know, supposed to be the number two uh, school for science in the United States, just behind Harvard. So, yeah, but I he's mean, doing well now. Yeah, right. He, he got it. Yeah, got a, got a place in Kansas City. Yeah, and he's and he's doing great. And he's doing happy great. and everything else. Wonderful. And so mm-hmm. that's all water under the bridge. But the reality is, you know, it still becomes a struggle. Uh, for uh, a, a lot of these folks uh, because there's no reason why a person who graduates from Rala or Washington University, an uh, 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 American citizen, should be uh, compromised or have uh, more competition from not another American but from not only but, – but his government – and foreign individuals who are basically just brought here uh, by – uh, by the government uh, for the express desire to lower costs of a of a company, no. it just doesn't make any sense. No, our people should get priority. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. All right. Sense. So anyway, that was the story with uh, so so Michael, as you all can imagine, then uh, lives and breathes this stuff. He's he's totally plugged into uh, to the Trump world, and and you and I were Trump supporters from the very beginning. And Michael, though, is also lives the way we do, and that is top notch. Like uh, we don't cut corners or do things like that. So uh, I, I'll get. I'll take some. I was reminded. I was going to take a picture uh, of of my living room, my dining room that you did, which was this beautiful, uh, nice this side panel. Uh, well, it's, it's an embroidered linen. In, it is yeah. just beautiful fabric. In fact, I think you're the only one that I've ever put that fabric in their home. Really? Yeah, because it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> really, well, but it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, last time I was at your house, I dropped by and I, I thought, because I don't pay a whole lot of attention when I'm there doing the work. I'm too busy working. And right. I thought, wow. Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah, really nice. and, and and what was the, the greatest thing about it? And I'll put a picture of it so I can actually do a formal thank you after Michael's on the show today. But I I uh, I did the uh, I, this was an example of where we actually didn't we chose the fabric after Michael presented it to us, right? But this was Michael's idea. Like we didn't I didn't know what to do in that in that beautiful room. I just painted it. 
I have a nice, beautiful wood table in there, and you know, it's kind of got more of a of a country vibe to it a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. And French country, in French the, country in the, in the or farmhouse, whatever. You yeah, know. elegant, elegant country, and the the color, the color is very unique. Right, the color in the room and the. The ambiance that it gives the room is really neat. Yeah. Because you sent me those pictures of your daughter's birthday party. Yes, yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and because I told Michael, we, I had the birthday party, we had the birthday party, and I was like uh, marveling at the how everything looked. And so I had to send you a picture of how it looked mm. just to show you. And, of course, I get pictures uh, all the time from um, – from Michael, from a lot of you who have taken him up on uh, on the offer to help you out with your window treatments. But one of the things that I've talked about with with Michael and why he's so great is that you know when you when you a lot of people when they do window treatments, they whether it be your office or your home, you want somebody to help you out. You want somebody to direct you. You're you're begging for direction. When you go pop into a Home Depot or some other place and you're 15 miles away from your home and you're looking at all these little squares of things that you got to take back with you and argue with your wife or husband over what's going to look good and then you go back there again, uh, Michael comes in with the mobile design unit. You've got everything there, and on top of that, you have an eye. Right. In the, I had three of, your, three of your customers yesterday. I did three people yesterday. Oh, you did? And they all basically said the th- same thing to me. And uh, let's see, the one lady, her name is Bridget Deloge. She brought bought uh, blackout draperies for her bedroom that go over the shutters. The shutters don't make her room dark enough for the husband, so we're doing blackout draperies there. Right. And then uh, I have this Deanna Helfer who called me to her home that she's only going to live in temporarily. It's a spec home, and they're going to build another home. They're, they've had this for sale. They need... 40 window shades. Wow. Designer roller shades. And uh, last lady, uh, Lisa and Mark Berry. Uh, beautiful home in Kirkwood. And I'm doing the woven woods, just spectacular woven woods. And drapery side panels. And a kitchen, uh, a mock Roman valance in the kitchen. Wow. This Lisa Berry, what a great gal she is. And they're but, listeners uh, to the show? Yes. Nice. Yes. But uh, they say, gee, we wouldn't have known. This is great. You know, yeah. they, they all, you know, reinforce what you just said. Yeah. That right. They're so happy that I come out and show them what to do. Yeah. And guide them. And then we have a little give and take and come up with a solution. Right. Because there, there are some people, they'll look at something and they'll maybe just kind of instinctively say, I, I don't think that's going to work color wise. But, but, but for the most part, uh, just the fact that they know that you are, you know, that you know what you're doing. And a lot of times they don't even, they, they're thinking, they're not even able to think outside of their preconceived notion about what they need. Oh, right. And you present them with something like, oh, wow, I never really would have imagined yeah, that. And yeah. it looks great. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, Lisa's telling me, how would I do this? How could I do this at a store? Yeah. How do you right. do this at a store? I well, you, you, what no, you, we, because I needed to go in her house first. Right. And then go back out to to my mobile design unit and bring things in. Right. But boy, once I do that, once I hit the house, you know, give a little five minute overview of the house, then I go back out to my vehicle and come back in. It is boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And we <laughs> right. do it. We get the job done. Yeah, that's nice. And and you know, and part of it is too that that when Lisa said, "Well, how would I do this?" Well, you'd have to hire. 
somebody, uh, an interior designer, right. mm-hmm. and then they would have to chat with you know someone like Michael, and then they would have to get together. It'd be like just it just is too much. It's yeah. just a, a ha- such double, a hassle. Double the price. A uh, double the price too. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. a, it, it seems like such a hassle. Man, I'll tell you though, those woven woods. I, I've been after those things for a long time. I don't have any in the home now, but uh, I'm, I'm I need after to, those. I need to put some in your uh, that front room. What yeah. You, what do you call that room? The guard like a. Your front room that faces piano the, room, the yeah, piano. Our piano room, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that room, but yeah. that's where I did because some. Because they have some really, yeah, cool shades now. They're that really would work nice. perfect oh, there. Yes. Uh-huh. And you guys know the piano room because I did my original uh, Radio Free Almond lives from the piano room when I was doing the uh, when I w- in between that time and we got this thing. Um, now uh, Julie is asking, is this affordable? I would love to have Michael out, but worry, I'm not fancy enough. No. You get that I, question all the time, right? right? Yeah. Right, right. Well, I find something that you... My, my goal is to show you a product that you want. Yes, yes. If I've done that and left your home, it's right. successful. Right. And then I just have to price it right, and then everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, so... so the, but so, I do work. I can work. I, I try to work within people's oh, budgets. Oh, sure, yeah. And then sometimes I'll come up with an idea, and uh, it's too much money. And they say, boy, we really like that. Is there another thing we can do? And then I come up with another Something one. that would be mm-hmm. similarly beautiful but mm-hmm. not as expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and Julie, that's, that's the thing is, is that, is that uh, Michael is not, like, uh, is not like window treatment guy to the stars. I mean, uh, the, the, everybody who is uh, calling you, and uh, although – Certainly, there are stars who will use Michael. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, but 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 he's not. You know, this isn't this isn't the the luxury high end. I mean, but you can get luxury high end, but you can get anything you want. I mean, we, we the shades you put into our uh, dining our living room, mm-hmm. those are just simple, very right. simple shades. Right. I mean, right. I, there, there's nothing fancy about right. them. They look nothing beautiful, but there's and nothing beautiful in there. Yeah, they I mean, last. Because we you another twelve fifteen years, yeah, as long as you want them. Because I I didn't think we were really all that fancy either, Julie. So I'm I'm not I'm not fancy. I don't think I am. Am I fancy? Am I, nah, I think you're a little. Well, fancy, <laughs> you like that? I, I don't. Uh, mean, yeah, but you, know, you like oysters on the <laughs> yeah. half shell and uh, okay, maybe that is fancy, know, huh? That's pretty fancy. But generally, I could do. You know, I, I'll drink uh, I'll drink white wine out of a paper bag too. You know, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'll, yeah. I'll have a I'll have a Budweiser in the console and right. seconds flat. So I, believe me, it's not a big deal. But yeah, but 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 I think that's the, that's the thing is is uh, is uh, and Julie said thanks, Jamie. Love interactive RFA. That's exactly my question. You answered good, perfect. Because really, honestly, because you've sent me pictures of people's homes, and they're not like these gigantic mansions. Although obviously, you do have you have customers right. from all walks all of right. economic life, right. though. Uh-huh. But you can spruce up a very simple, nice home. Uh, uh, you know, I just did a. a- Job the other day in the Clayton in Clayton in a mansion, by the way, garden room in a mansion. I'm not going to mention the name because people would know the name. But uh, put these beautiful geometric blue and white draperies up. Yeah, uh, and then have the motorized drapery under draperies too. And it's the garden room, so there's four walls, no three walls, right? Three walls of glass. Yeah, and uh, cost a fortune for this particular yeah. job because it's a lot of stuff and yeah it's in clayton but uh 
She said, we're so happy to have somebody like you do this in St. Louis for us. Yeah. She thought, you know, it was very unique. Because I told her I almost went to law school because she's asking me. Right, right. And she said, oh, no, no, no. We need, we need somebody like you to come out to the house and do it all from start to finish. And that's what I did. I wonder if you could. It really uh, made me feel good that she said that. I, I was uh, wondering, <laughs> Scott, now people are like a, uh, can 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 uh, Michael make some curtains and a matching dress for my wife? Yes, Scotty. <laughs> I hope your wife's not on here because you know, she's. Uh, but I'm wondering though, maybe Just uh, like Scarlett O'Hara. <laughs> I'm wondering maybe you could do some um, some uh, maybe you could do some window treatments for my Jeep. <laughs> you think I gotta, you know, that'd be you know you know those old days when we had the you know had the vans with the curtains in them right right right, right. yeah why I, couldn't I have a jeep with some <laughs> curtains in it and and go right back to the sixties for no, crying out loud no, I might just do that I quit doing van curtains about thirty years ago <laughs> oh really I tried it before but did you really yeah mm-hmm. you people would, have called me to do their RVs and that really yeah but I I uh, you don't do that you don't no, do RVs no, or anything no I don't like that? do that no. I've always wanted an RV, man. You give me an RV. Or a Jeep. <laughs> or a Jeep. Yeah. Or, or you know what I've, I've actually always kind of wanted in an odd kind of way is, although I think I'd probably tip it over, uh, but uh, the Volkswagen bus, man. I'd like a oh, good yeah. old-fashioned Volkswagen yeah. bus. Right. That'd be lovely. They got a lot of them out in California. You I bet. I know. Pick up one. You can pick up one, out there, <laughs> especially in Ventura. Yeah, yeah. I was out actually a while back in Anaheim, and they're all over the they're place out there, the man. Place. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just, uh, it's just great. So, Doctor Deputy says uh, I need to get uh, you over to the house uh, when you guys are all uh, fair. Give Michael my phone number. I'll give you Eric's number. Eric okay, Deputy, Doctor Deputy, nope, a beautiful that's, that's house. Good. Um, a beautiful house out there, Whitmore. It's a gorgeous, lovely house they just uh, picked up. And uh, Dr. Deputy's got a lot going on at that place. See this guy's man cave. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. Dr. Deputy. Actually, you will see it when he starts doing his show from the man cave. But uh, anyway, that, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some window treatments for the Jeep. I have to see Dr. Deputy. Oh, see? Because you had mentioned him in there, and I thought, boy, I have to in my... My wife keeps telling me you have to call Dr. Naputi. Well, because you were telling me about something, because I was asking you about uh, whether you still did the hot yoga or something, right? Right. right. And then you said you weren't because of what? Uh, or, I got a bad knee, and I just get too hot. And Okay. Uh, well, seems yeah. my blood pressure's up. Yeah. And I've got all kinds of deals going on right now, and I just... Yeah. Well... Uh, it's just getting tougher on me. He can he can help you out uh, mm-hmm. with that, and 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 uh, definitely, especially with your knee and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's he's really good mm-hmm. at what he does and passionate about what he does. So, uh, I got two. I'm I'm really privileged to have the people like you who support the show. Uh, Radio Free Almond, uh, Proctor spelled like Doctor ProctorDrapery dot com. People like you who support the show and who. Uh, are the reason why I'm here. And so, uh, and Dr. Booty said, I'll hook you up, buddy. So he will. Oh, that's um, great. But yeah, th- this has been a, uh, it's been a real privilege, especially uh, knowing you for as long as I have. And, and you were a, uh, a huge support for me uh, throughout the, the, the debacle. Uh, you were oh, yeah. always there for yeah. me, as have been all of my friends, including Dr. Deputy and everybody else, and all of you out there listening to the show uh, who have been such big supports. But, again, I can't 
say enough how important it is to me and the Radio Free Allman Nation and uh, our future to have people like Michael Proctor taking the step to uh, say, hey, I'm going to support your show. So I hope for all of you guys and all of your window treatment needs and your home improvement needs, because, you know, sometimes even for the holidays with uh, Thanksgiving coming up or Christmas coming up, and let's say you're the people who are going to be entertaining or having everybody over and you're thinking, I gotta buy a new couch, or I gotta buy, I gotta paint, or do something. Sometimes a simple window treatment can change the entire fabric, pardon the pun, of a room. Oh yeah, it's the most noticeable, noticeable thing yeah. that you can do. Yeah, I mean, hits you right in the eyes, and they're big usually. And to do them right really can make a, a dramatic transformation in your home decor nice i can do that will you do me a favor when and you it's leave so exciting to be back here yeah i mean i just thanks buddy. so excited i listen to you every day thank you buddy Don't i appreciate miss. that yeah i tell all my people there all my go. people they'll go oh i they go oh i heard heard you on 97.1 and then i say oh you mean jamie oh jamie <laughs> so they yeah. still call me yeah, and they'll say ninety-seven-one, but they mean Jamie. <laughs> right, That's right. What they really mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they think of still. Yeah, they still associate me with that. Right. You're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and then I, and then if they don't listen, if they don't know where you are, I tell them where you are. Yeah, I've told dozens of people where you are. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And it's good to have you on, and and good to see you. And uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor's Public Doctor. When you leave, can you? Uh, did you bring your mobile design unit here? No. Okay. Not well, this morning. When you're when you get back to the to the crib, can you uh get a shot of your uh of your uh mobile design unit and send it to me, text it to me? Sure. So I can put that up on the on sure. when I do the little post today oh, on Radio Free Almond. Sure. That way I can show the picture of That'll it. That'll be great. It's pretty cool. Uh-huh. It's pretty it's a pretty cool little thing. Yeah. It's like a store it's like a traveling yeah. store. Yeah, smartest thing I've ever done. I know. Yeah. Really. Well, you know what? You're always thinking, buddy. Yeah. That's what uh-huh. I like about you. Uh-huh. All right, that is uh Michael Proctor, people. So Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us, man. Uh-huh. Okay. Proctor spelled like doctor. Proctordrapery.com. Give me a hug over here, buddy. Michael uh, says that this, 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 it's actually the second smartest thing you've done with the mobile design unit. First one is hooking up with me. Thank you, buddy. And yes, yeah, Scooter, he's still over there at 971. He still does, you know. Some of the day parts are still good for him. You know, hey, listen. Spread the wealth, people. Come on now. I don't mind. I'll put myself up against the other guys any day. I'm good. Yes, people. Don't pull me off Facebook, please. Thank you. Yeah. So... The update. Oh, that's a uh, temper trap. Band called Temper Trap. Love this song. Yeah. 
Thank you, Brian. It's been a long slog back, but it's been uh, damn fun. I told you guys, remember, if you go back to the old days, I don't know why I keep wiping my readers when I don't use them. It's just a thing. This is to make me look studious. I'm wiping my readers and not even putting them on. Boy, it changes life, boy, when you put these babies on, though, sometimes. I just... see. Yeah, Margaret, that's a uh, temper trap. But I told you guys at the very beginning of this whole thing, and I, I think... I, I'll never forget it. It was... It was the... First tape I did, I think, from my backyard, for quite a while. Yeah, Vicky, I do too, readers. But sometimes, though, I need, I can't see. Can I ever see, like, receipts and things, like, like, you know, restaurant things sometimes if it's dark? And then usually, if I'm at home or something, I just um, have one of the kids read it for me. Like a label on something. Aiden, what does this say on the label there? Poison. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. So, yeah, sometimes it's uh, really important to have somebody read something for you. You don't know. Aiden, what, uh, Natalie, what does this say on there? Do not take if you're Jamie Allman. Okay, thank you. Good. Yeah. Lily, what does that say on there? Expired. I'm like, okay, so what? I think that whole expiration thing's a bunch of crap anyway. I mom used to, that's what I learned from my mom. She said, uh, mom, there's, uh, there's mold on the cheese. And she'd say, cut it off, you whiny baby. I'm like, okay, fine. Hey, Mom, there's, there's, a, there's, 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 uh, there's mold on this bread. And she'd be like, you want to mean a slice of that slice of bread? Yeah, all right. Throw that slice of bread away or toast it, and I'll eat it. And then pick another, uh, pick another, um, Slice out of there. There's got to be one in there that's not moldy. What the hell's wrong with you? Like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Do that. Oh, I eat, uh, I, I, I keep things like, I'll keep, some, I'll, I'll keep chili in a refrigerator for a decade. Well, normally I'll eat it because I like chili, but. How is mold? How can mold be bad for you, though, to eat? Because it's really not bad for you to eat mold, is it? I think my mom one time told me it's penicillin. It's like okay, all right. My mom, or they—they they tell you that the uh, the orange peel is the most nutritious part of an orange. It's like 
It is? Oh, yeah. It's the most nutritious part. It's like, I know, but it doesn't look like it's the most nutritious part. I know there's a lot of nutrients in there. It was, that was when you wanted it, when, when you did it and you took the, maybe the, the, the string of the, the peel off of there. No, eat that. Okay. My mom has always been, I think it comes from her, her German farm upbringing. Uh, wasting food is like, like there's, it's like the worst possible thing you can do. It's like the worst sin on the planet is wasting food. And, okay, I know I got to get to the hurricane and other stuff. I don't know why I like talking about this kind of crap so much, but I do. I hope you guys don't mind. Why not? What else are we going to do? You want me to bitch about Maxine Waters again? Goodness gracious. See, you're wasting food. So I used to, uh, and it wasn't even, and my mom never, like, said, well, don't do that because people in China are starving. She, like, she never made it into a Chinese people are starving thing for me. She was just basically, just don't, don't, uh, don't, don't do that. Don't waste that food. So my mom would I like I like if I ate like if we had ribs you know or a, or a, a steak bone or something or even chicken. I would be I would eat the chicken. I still do this with the kids sometimes. I would uh, I would eat like the chicken or something and if there was any meat left on the bone my mom would sit there and start picking at it. Wait a minute! Look at this. You didn't eat this. And she might. She like take it and start eating it off of my the bone. And I just it was like, you can't do. You can't. This. You can't throw that all away. There's good meat right there. <laughs> I love my mom. She's turning ninety in November. Sweetheart. Tough. But yeah, no, don't don't do that. And, she, and she, she'd take if I were eating like for instance, say, uh, like a pork chop or something. And she would, uh, did they take my video off? They, 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 they take me off Facebook? I think they took me off Facebook. I guess they got tired of me doing this, right? Yeah, oh, shoot. We're going to get back up on Facebook here a second. You know how to do that, Morgan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, we're getting back up on Facebook here. Just a second. Oh. Darn it. Well, I'm, I'm waiting because you guys are on the stream right now, so I'm not going to talk for a second, but we, we are uh, oh, getting back up. You guys okay? Over there? How can you guys are taking me off for temper tap, trap, for crying out loud? How'd they, how'd they grab that from me? Yeah. Well, we doing all right, Morgan? I, I'll turn the music off. I guess that I guess that was my hint, right? 
Okay, 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 okay. Lord. So we, we pop it back up there, Morgan? I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 popping back up on the uh on the thing. Sorry. They 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 took they they had a uh they took me off. They 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 had oh there you are. You are you uh Oh no. I guess not. I think I'm I think I am um officially off now, but we're going to get back on here in a second. Right? Here we go. We'll back get back on. Lord, you know what? I was like these people. It, it, it's uh. Here, let's just get get, get this. Um, let me know when we're popped back up there. I can't believe they took me off of the the damn uh, temper trap though. You think that's what they did? Oh, okay. All right. We up now? All right. Hold on. I know this is horrible radio on the stream, but uh, but I got I gotta uh, I I gotta stop. I you know I should I I I tried my luck. Um, and I and I pushed my luck too much on on that one, and I, I decided I was going to play the music. I just kind of talk over it a little bit, and I uh, I push my luck on the thing. That's what happens when you are doing your thing, and you're and 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 of all the things, it's not like it's it's not like it's the Rolling Stones for crying out loud, people. Thank you, Sandy, for coming back. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, Gia. And thank you, Margaret, for coming back. I, I, it's not like it's, I, it's, it's not like I'm playing. And Tony, thanks, man. It's not like it's the Rolling Stones. It's Temper Trap. How do they flag Temper Trap? The band's put out like two albums, and hardly anybody knows about them. Uh, okay, maybe three. But, but, they, but whatever. They, 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 people hardly, hardly even know about them. And I play them, and I'm talking over it, and they take it uh, back. So uh, Facebook had a temper trap mum tantrum and, 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 and got me. Now, all I was doing was telling a story about pork chops and, and against the backdrop of temper trap. So once everybody gets up to speed, I'll I'll uh, I will uh, get back to it. Meanwhile, my my latest obsession is um, is the uh, is the is the way CNN decided they were going to report on on the president's uh, response to the hurricane, and this is even before he actually has responded to the hurricane. So get ready for this all day long, all weekend long, on down the line. The incessant trolling of Donald Trump and his and and Hurricane Florence. Now, I will tell you that Florence is a pretty tough ass storm here. I mean, it's it's a pretty big deal. Although I can't sometimes tell whether or not um, they're it's as big as it is or whatever, because what happens is uh, it uh, it 
will uh, it will hit land and then dissipate. So it goes from a four to a one, blah blah, blah and 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 that's about it. And it and it'll it'll uh, significantly dissipate by the time it hits land. But that's still going to cause a uh, ton of rain, a uh, ton of storm surges, and those kinds of things. And again, it'll possibly offshoot tornadoes and all kinds. So, so it's a pretty big deal. But nowadays, they've always made such big deals about everything. And then it turns out that it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, and, and, and so I don't know what's going to happen here. But the president is basing his prediction on uh, the fact that he uh, is being told by all the meteorologists out there and everything else that this thing is going to be a monster. And uh, as I said earlier at the, at the very beginning of the show, sometimes – I, I think that they should just name hurricanes for what they are, like um, Hurricane Hellstorm or Hurricane Run for Your Life or Hurricane Satan or Hurricane This Is Gonna Be a Bitch, something like that. But when they name them after, like, these, uh, these, like, a pretty Italian woman named Florence. Then suddenly it's like, oh well, that's just uh, you know. It seems more menacing when they do the uh, when they do the do the softer names. It seems almost scarier. Like who could possibly be worried about Sandy? Sandy's coming. Aw, there's Sandy. It's like no, Sandy's a hurricane. Oh darn it, Florence, Sandy, Hugo. I, I remember Hugo and Henry and all these things. They always seem like so, ugh, so menacing. So I, just, I just say call them what they are. Anyway, apparently do not describe them as big and tremendously wet or tremendously big and wet. I don't know which one it is because I have two reporters here who haven't gotten it right. Because they, they don't actually, they can't tell me what the president said. About Florence coming in. I was really struck, I mean, Angela touched yeah. on this a little bit, but the inaccuracy obviously is very jarring, but also his tone. I mean, he came across as almost gleeful yeah. and excited about the hurricane and how big it was and how tremendously wet it's going to be and all these- uh, Okay, first of all, it is big and it is tremendously wet. And all you have to do is go to the Weather Channel and you'll be able to see that in, in, in all of its full glory. So the president isn't going crazy in terms of describing this thing as big and wet or tremendously big and tremendously wet or whatever. Come on, people. Honestly. Well, now that some of you are back, I'll finish up my, my mom's story. So anyway, you need pork chops or something, and, and, and I'd be like uh, eating the pork chop, and then, and then there'd be a little meat on there. And my mom would be like, oh, you, you would take the bone off my plate and start chewing on it because there's good meat on there still. That was that's my mom's. That's that's her little upbringing in the in the old uh, German farm country of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Springfield, Massachusetts, and beyond. She's got that going for her. Now, I did learn a little bit about that. I did. I still to this day wasting food is like this. Scraping food into a trash can is to almost a sin to me. I don't get weirded out about it. I'm just saying. And and, and the uh, the. So, so I one time I got bison. I happen to, I happen to like to eat bison, and uh, a bison flank steak actually is one of the best. So uh, I got this bison and cooked it for people, and uh, and and I don't really tell people necessarily it's bison. I don't, t- I don't tell them that this is sixteen dollar a pound 
bison. You know what I'm saying? And so I went ahead and, and had a, you know some people over for dinner. And so I made the bison. And I uh, then after dinner, you know, there were some people who didn't eat all the bison. Uh, and they were, and it wasn't me, so it was on the other plate. And so um, I did, well, I wasn't going to eat it off their plate in front of them. And certainly I wasn't going to take the plate into the kitchen and risk them seeing me eating their leftover bison from their plate in my kitchen. I didn't want to really, I didn't want to want to do that. I didn't want to make them feel bad for not eating all their food. And I was kind of hung up on this idea that I wasn't going to throw good bison away. You know what I mean? So I went ahead and scraped it into the trash can, uh, their, their plates. And then uh, I'll be darned if when nobody was looking and everything was, you know, hunky-dory and people had gone into the living room to uh, hang out, I took those pieces of bison right out of their trash can and ate them. Not kidding. Not proud of that, but I'm just telling you, I ate those things right out of the trash can. It's kind of maybe disgusting to all of you, but the reality is uh, it really isn't that disgusting. You'd be amazed at what you can eat out of a trash can and still be okay. You'd be totally amazed. So anyway, we got what we uh, figured was going to happen, by the way. and that is uh, six politics. Hold on a second, Buster Brown. I know you're a big time anchor there in California, but cool your jets. I know, Vicky, it is disgusting, but you'd be surprised at, at what your body can take in terms of uh, uh, d- dirt and things like that. You, you'd be uh, you'd be surprised. That's I think that's one of the reasons why people have so many allergies and stuff like that is because they're not they're not. Uh, they don't get dirty when they're kids they don't, or they don't eat weird stuff or, uh, they, or, or they're just not diverse. And, you know, everybody's, you know, cleaning their hands with the, uh, you know, with the <laughs> Scott. Scott says he lets his dog licks the plates clean before they go to the dishwasher. <laughs> so you have to waste water, right? You're, you're a conservationist. Um, yeah, Julie's like, wow, Jamie, you really aren't that fancy, are you? I really am not. I really am not that fancy. <laughs> I never have been. I mean, I've always been, you know, I've grew up, listen, I didn't grow up. I grew up in a house where, uh, you know, we, when, in the, in the summertime, if it was hot, we slept on the porch with fans. It, we didn't have any air conditioning. The people who had the air conditioning were the parents. They had an air conditioner in their room and then we had an air conditioner in the dining room. And on special occasions, we'd open the swinging doors of the dining room and maybe get some cool air into the living room and the kitchen. But for the most part, it was hot. You had to stand in front of a fan or do whatever. And so we didn't have we didn't have uh, central air and all that kind of stuff. And 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 didn't have that was and and hell, I didn't even have. Okay, I I, I didn't even have. Uh, like the the idea of having a name brand soda in the house was like no you either were going to have that ghetto you know schnook soda or the the, the whatever it was but you were the idea of seeing actually a 
a real Coca-Cola someplace in a house, in my house, was like, I mean, crazy. Seven up? Are you kidding me? Here, have this, have this uh, generic lemon lime soda. Kind of tasted, I don't know, didn't taste much different. I don't think we were, I, I never felt deprived. I thought that was the way it was, you know. Sugared cereal. Yeah, Sha- Vass, or, Vass, RC, that was even two name brandy for my mom and my my house. But yeah, they have uh, uh, the uh, sugared cereal was like, are you kidding me? The, the most sugared cereal we got was like, uh, was maybe Life uh, or Raisin Bran. But the rest of the time, you were not, you were eating grape nuts or Wheaties or whatever, and you weren't putting sugar on it either. Just gonna eat 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 it that way. That was how that's how it all worked in in my life. I liked it that way. I, I always figured that was the that was the way it uh, it was, and and that was how it was gonna roll. And um, so I didn't grow up really having all that stuff at my disposal. So uh, I wasn't definitely uh, too fancy. And 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 you know we got dirty. You know we 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 you know ate moldy bread and cut off mold off the cheese and. Uh, shared pork steak bones, and it was just kind of way it goes. But I think people don't get dirty enough. I mean, that's why the, everybody's always everybody's always using these hand things all the time. I was like, why? Why are you doing that? Why is that so? You know, difficult. You know, I see people now. Now it is apparently even at mass. You know, it's like you go to mass, and all the people have to have to vi- show you visibly that they're using these antibiotic things before they give you the. Uh, the body, you know, the, the host, it's like, you know, you don't have to, you know, do that. You don't have to do that all the time. And I think that's what's causing most, a lot of the problems is that people just can't tolerate some of the things that are popping into our environment. And so uh, that's why you get so many more allergies than you had before uh, or things like that. It's all, I think, a result of bodies not developing their immune systems and not fighting, not learning early to fight stuff. Right, Vicky said, yeah, "Yeah, that's right." You had Weilers. Kool Aid was like, "There's no way we were going to have Kool Aid in the house. We always had to have the ghetto Weilers." And I don't even know they where they make Weilers anymore, but uh, but we always had. We couldn't. There's no way we were going to have like Kool Aid in the house. By the way, you remember making Kool Aid? You realize that, uh, or even Weilers for that matter. You needed the powder, but that was where you really saw how much sugar was in stuff. You know. Where you take, what was it? Was it like two cups of sugar? You take that cup and you'd have two cups of sugar. Pop it in there. It's like, wow, it's a lot of sugar, man. But boy, Kool-Aid was good, though. Or our Weilers, whatever. Didn't taste much different. Didn't notice. All right, so uh, the uh, Maxine Waters and her flying monkeys have come home to roost, by the way. I don't know whether you're noticing all the stuff that's going on. or uh, um, All the stuff that's going on around the... Uh, uh, the nation right now regarding attacks on Republicans. And I got to tell you, take any one of these incidents and had the a Democrat been a victim, all hell would have broken loose in this country. You'd be, you'd be seeing uh, old tape of, of, of church burnings and fire hoses and lynchings and whatever it happens to be. This guy in California Sunday 
uh, at about four in the afternoon. This is, this is the Castro Valley Fall Festival in California. And this Republican congressional candidate is just minding his own business, doing what you normally do at these festivals, you know. It's kind of, you know, it's the same old, it's a typical September festival that you see all over the place, you know, so-and-so days where you go and it's, you know, supposed to be fall, but it's 95 and everybody's got a booth someplace and you're getting little uh, plastic, the kids are getting plastic fire department hats and you're grabbing a burger or something and you're eating it around a trash can that's swarmed by these sweat bees or whatever those things are. And that's your September usually all around the place. But anyway, this guy's at a fall festival and uh, his name is Rudy Peters and he's running against this incumbent there, longtime incumbent for the 15th congressional district seat. And then um, a boy named Farzad Fazeli. There you go. Farzad Fazeli approached him and had a knife in his hand. The rest, let's let KPLT in the beautiful San Francisco or whatever you are tell the story. Event. Good evening. I'm Alan Martin. And I'm Elizabeth Cook. Deputy- That's Alan Martin, by the way. Oh, sorry. Here. I'm Dennis O'Donnell. Here's the latest. Oh, shoot. I, 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 I stopped it and screwed it up. Anyway, uh, this this guy approached these people, uh, this this guy with a switchblade. Okay, hey, let me cue this up again. I was I was so uh, flip and everything. I did I I screwed it up. New tonight. I'm Alan Martin. Uh, KPIX Television. We turn in the East Bay. A Bay Area Republican running for Congress is attacked at a campaign event. Good evening, I'm Alan Martin. And I'm Elizabeth Cook. Deputies say the attack happened over the weekend at a festival in Castro Valley. And it all started with some disparaging comments about President Trump. I mean, this would have been a this would have been a major disaster had this happened and the victim was a Democrat. You there would there would actually be no such thing as Hurricane Florence if something like this happened to a Democrat on Sunday in California. VIX 5's Juliet Goodrich on what turned into true political fight. Juliet. Absolutely. You know, we all know about the political war of words, but here in the East Bay, it got physical. Tell me what you think. I mean, he would have stabbed me. I mean, he had it out saying, I'm going to kill you, MF, or I'm going to kill you. And he was, you could see his thumb trying to get the knife out. Republican Rudy Peters is running for Congress. Over the weekend, he says he was threatened and attacked at his Republican booth at a fall festival in Castro Valley. Here's the thing, though. He doesn't say he was threatened and attacked. The the police say he was. It's, It's not like he's, like, making some claim. Okay, I don't know what the political proclivities of these reporters are, and and I, I and I just t- detect that the overall tone of the story is is, is kind of like yeah, well, you know, this happens, you know, just where a guy gets attacked, he's a running for Congress, and it is Trump after all, and Trump's divisive, and this is kind of what goes on. It's like no, 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 it's not. This is horrible. For this to happen in a republic 
like the United States of America. It's terrible. It's third worldian. This is an awful development. And Maxine Waters and all of her flying monkeys apparently uh, are are doing exactly what they said they're going to do, and that is threaten and attack people who support Donald Trump. And and so and so when this reporter, it's it's kind of a, just a it's a weird way of putting it. Okay, she might as well say he claims he was attacked because uh, when he says he says he was attacked, this is all a matter of fact. This guy is in appearing in court on the charges. This is a matter of fact. It's not. Is that Rudy? Rudy says he was attacked. It's like no, he was attacked as a matter of fact. And this guy has been arrested. Over the weekend, he says he was threatened and attacked at his Republican booth at a fall festival in Castro Valley. He says it first started with verbal threats. He picks up the coffee cup to rear back to throw it at us. And I jump around the table. He throws a coffee Keep in mind, notice just how I, I've been. Listen, I've been a reporter for a long time. I know how language is used and how things go. When you're... They're acting as if this is just a claim this guy is making. And, they, and, they, and, and somewhere along the line, they're like, well, we need to attribute this. It's like, well, yeah, but you can say the guy was attacked. And you can, you can, and you can say, and he was threatened, because that's exactly what the charges are against this guy. I don't know why this reporter is being so, he says he was this, and then he said this happened. It's like, okay, maybe I'm being nitpicking. It hits the ground and breaks. So I come out and grab him and wrestle him and throw him down to the ground. He says that's when 35-year-old Farzad Fazeli of Castro Valley... By the way, she's saying that's when he says, Farzad Fazeli, um, this is over video of the guy in prison garb coming through a door. And he's coming through a door in prison garb because he's charged with doing exactly what this congressman said he does and that police do so why why this woman cannot sit there and and and, uh and first of all open with the guy walking through not start with a guy with a sign open with the guy walking through and say this guy's charged with harassing and threatening a an american political candidate this is a pretty big deal pulled out a knife he's screaming i'll kill you mf or i'll kill you i'll kill you and he's kind of circling me, trying to get the knife out. Not only are the facts there quite serious, but this defendant also has a prior conviction for a 242. Fazelli made his first court appearance today in custody for possession of a switchblade and threatening to commit great bodily injury or death. I mean, that's that's the lead right there. That's the, that's the first thing that should have been out of that chicky poo's mouth is that this guy is charged with possession of a knife and and making political and making threats. That's what should be the, the the number one thing. Instead, it's like, oh, you know, he says he was this. He says it was that. And, and I don't know. That's that's the kind of reporting to me that is uh, that's very frustrating because it's it doesn't give the act the gravity that it requires, and certainly doesn't give the act the gravity that uh, that that they would give it if it were against a Democrat or against a liberal. And then we saw in Wyoming, there was a campaign office, a Republican GOP campaign office in Wyoming that opened up. And then two days later, 
it's set on fire and burned. It's a Republican campaign office. And, and it's set on fire and burned. We don't know by whom. Uh, but normally, as is different with the with 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 other uh, you know situations, been different with other situations. Uh, it's probably likely that this actually was done uh, by a uh, uh, by somebody who hates the GOP. And and because normally, like when you have things burned. And it's a Democrat thing. It's usually like the Democrats who do it. It kind of goes the way of like the, you know, um, the guy who, who uh, you know, found a burning cross in his yard. And, and he, he's the one who put the burning. It usually, or, or a school, like a, hang, remember the, the big hanging monkey story at, the, at, the, at that one high school? It turns out the black kids did it. It's like, okay, now we know. But anyway, this was uh, clearly something where a GOP office is burned and it gets nary any attention at all. And the problem we have here right now is that things are getting to the point where uh, there are people who are, uh, there, there, there are individuals who feel like as long as they feel that President Trump is who John Kasich says he is, is who Maxine Waters says he is, is who Barack Obama says he is, is who the New York Times says he is, is who uh, Ben Sass says he is, then they can do whatever they want to, not just to him, and not just lie about him or 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 say, you know what, he said the N-word, it's on tape. It's like, well, where's the tape? We don't know. Like, only the liberal media can get away with that kind of stuff. Because if, if somebody came out and said, um, we have, there's a tape of Barack Obama saying, kill Whitey. We wouldn't have a nine-member panel about the tape of Barack Obama if we didn't have the tape. Normally, such a claim would be saying, uh, they've claimed without evidence that Barack Obama said this. Now, it's, it's a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump said the N-word on a tape. And there's nothing to see here when we don't have the tape. But but the environment we live in right now is a you can say anything you want to about the president. You you can break any kind of protocol you want to as long as you're angry at the president, like that bitter dark soul Barack Obama did on Friday. And and and, and C, you can attack Trump supporters because they're enabling this so called threat to uh, to the. To to the, uh, the, the uh, to 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 uh, the democracy as they call it, although we're a republic, but who's counting? But you can, but but you can, but you can, you can do that no matter what and get away with it. And and of course, this all started though back in the day. And 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 I'm 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 not as worried about President Trump. I, President Trump's not going to be assassinated or what have you. I mean, you know, it's just it's not going to happen. But will you as a Republican candidate get confronted by a guy with a switchblade yelling that he hates Trump? Yeah. Uh, will you uh, have your head beaten in by the bike lock by an Antifa guy because you're a Trump supporter? Yep. Will you have your uh, – uh, will, you, will you be turned away at a restaurant or screamed at a restaurant because you are uh, work for Trump or you're a Trump supporter? Yep. Yeah, you will. 
and, and, and oftentimes it's, it, and it's, it goes back to the day when none other than Hillary Clinton called us deplorable. That was, that was the very beginning of what I believe is a regimented attempt to uh, regimented attempt to uh, dark soul as a dog whistle. Huh. Yeah. By the way, if, if you say that I'm dog whistling, you're saying then that all my people are dogs, aren't you? I thought that was bad. I thought you shouldn't say call people dogs. I don't know. But no, this all goes back to to uh, Hillary Clinton, which you call people deplorable. And I, I do believe there's a certain element here. I don't think it's well organized. I just think it's 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 uh, a reflection of our environment that there are certain people who are uh, who are being intimidated. And there's and there's and there's an attempt to intimidate people who support Trump or at least even give him a give him the benefit of the doubt. They just don't they, they just don't want any of that. And so what happened when Hillary Clinton and I I'll never forget hearing it uh hearing it for the first time I was sitting in my car listening to this speech and that was back in the day when all these people I mean hell I think even Rick Perry did it who's now in the administration but all these guys Mitt Romney were having these big speeches remember that and, and and Fox News and all these guys, all the news media would cover them. And they were like big sweeping announcements and pronouncements, you know. Rick Perry, I think, was uh, was one of the worst. People kind of forgot about him down in Texas a little bit. And he was like, this is an outrage to the Republican Party. This is not who we are and blah, blah, blah. Remember that? And then And then Romney, remember when Romney took that big poop on the national stage? When he tried to make a run at President Trump and everybody and, – and I'm sure Romney thought for sure when he made that speech that this would be the end of President Donald J. Trump. I'm Mitt Romney. Remember me? I'm the one who should not have lost to Barack Obama in 2012, but I did because I'm a pansy and I don't order the soup. Remember me? Yeah. I'm Mitt Romney and I'm a pansy. But yeah, so he decided he was going to come out, and this was going to be the be. And because Mitt Romney was the former, you know, nominee of the Republican Party, this was the guy who was supposed to be the the uh, the main guy. It was like, wow, man, if if Mitt Romney's against Donald Trump, it's this guy's got to be bad. So Romney gets out there and does his big speech, and it's like, this is not the America we blah blah blah, and I'm not the. This is not possible and he is rolling back the you know all this kind of stuff and 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 then he does it and he looks horribly petulant about the whole thing and then he um he, he looks petty angry and scared that that Donald Trump's going to win this is back in the day and of course I love the fact that Trump paid him back by dangling the secretary of state's job in front of him when he had no intention of giving him the job and then made Romney have dinner with him, or I don't know whether it was dinner or lunch and had the cameras all showing them having dinner and, 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 uh, and seeing Romney's pusillanimous nature sitting there as president Trump 
ordered the soup, and he made, and Romney didn't have the guts to order the soup because I guess Mitt wanted to, you know, watch his figure or something, and so he doesn't order the soup, and so there's big boss alpha male eating the soup while Romney sits there with his hands in his lap and watches the big dog eat the soup in front of him. It was perfect. It was really good. It was really good. I think, I think, I think Romney eventually got like a little, like a little Caesar salad or something with, with, I'm sure with a dressing on the side. So, and he sat there and Trump's like eating the soup. The only thing that would have made it better is, is had Trump, uh, gotten done with his soup, and then while Romney's sitting there, like, please make me Secretary of State. I know I made that speech, but I really didn't mean it. So the only thing that would have made it better when, he, when Trump was eating the soup was if uh, President Trump took, like, half of a baguette of French bread and didn't even break any piece about it, and... uh and just took the piece of bread in the bowl and just wiped it through the bowl just to make sure not one drop of the alpha male soup was left in there because men finish their food, Mitt. So he would do that. And then, uh, and then just take a big bite of that French bread and then hand it to Mitt Romney. You want some? No, I don't eat... Carbohydrates, sorry, uh, Mr. Trump. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Sure, you don't. And President Trump says, "Of course you don't eat car. Of course you don't eat carbohydrates, Mitt." I, I knew that you didn't eat carbohydrates. I just showed the entire world what a pansy you are. Can't even order the soup. Always order the soup, people. If you if you're in a job interview and you want a job, and you're with. Uh, Alpha male or alpha female, uh, and she orders the soup, you better order the soup. Or he orders the soup, you better order the soup. Don't sit there and watch that person eat. It's a horrible look. Just telling you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> watch that video again. It was so perfect. And, 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 and really, in the, in the end, uh, in hindsight, President Trump had no intention of giving Romney a job. <laughs> no intention. Yeah, Richard, Ernest Hemingway, oh, he was, yeah, he was the quintessential guy. Alpha male. Anyway, uh, so Romney did his big speech. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to digress a little bit, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, I, 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 I have too much fun with that whole thing, but it was, uh, it was probably overly derisive, but it's so much fun. Romney doesn't even, when Romney walks, he doesn't even lift his feet off the ground. He shuffles. Drives me nuts. <laughs> all right, I'm a horrible person. So, uh, all right, so then, so you had Romney give his speech, and then you had, you know, and, and you had uh, Perry give his speech, and then I think you had uh, Jeff Flake on the floor of the Senate saying, you know, acting like he's like Henry Clay all of a sudden. This shall not stand. This Donald Trump shall not 
destroy this republic. The Senate and the Republican Party is at stake, and blah, blah, blah. We're like, going, we hate you, Jeff Flake. We don't hate you. Hate is a strong word. I shouldn't use that, but you know what I mean. It's like, anything else, Jeff? And then suddenly he's like run out of uh, town, you know? On a rail, it doesn't even, he doesn't even run for re-election. That's how, what, what a pansy Jeff Flake is. So you have all these people, and then, of course, then you had the uh, – and, of course, they all – you talk about dog whistles. They were all trying to insinuate somehow that, uh, that, that, that we were wrong to support him. I mean, that was the message. It wasn't, it wasn't really about going out and attacking President Trump. It was going out – and trying to scare you into cowering and doing what they say you should do for the Republican Party. And so it was all really kind of a message to you. It wasn't to Trump. But it was a way of being able to coerce an act or an inaction out of you and also to uh, encourage people who weren't Trump supporters to shame you. So how many times were you on the – on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, or how many times did you get an email or did you get some kind of side comment at an event saying, yeah, I know, Allman, but Trump, really? Really? This clown car? Remember that? You mean this dumpster fire? Really? And, and try to make you out to be like somehow you were just some unwashed, unhinged, non-conservative, whatever. Remember that? Wow, a campaign. That's a real dumpster fire. Boy, he's out there and he's doing this and he just has no d- d- decorum. He's, he's not acting presidential. He's, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Glenn Beck was another one. You know, he, he really, he, he really uh, tried, to, you know, he, the, the whole Nazi thing and all that stuff. And, and, and really the un- said thing was that if you voted for President Trump or support him, you were a Nazi, you were racist, you were this, you were sexist, you don't like women, blah, 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 blah. And it turns out women came out for Trump in droves. They weren't listening to the Mitt Romney's of the world. And then, of course, then you had uh, Hillary Clinton and her big deplorable speech. And that was really, really, I think, an embarrassing, horrible moment in American politics when you had an American presidential candidate for the first time in my memory. I mean, it, it was it was the first time I'd ever heard such a thing. Not go after his or her opponent, but go after the people who were supporting him. That That is something I don't think I've ever seen in any political campaign up until Hillary Clinton and her deplorable speech. I'd never seen anything like it. Now, I was, I, you guys might have some other, uh, you guys might have some other uh, example that might have come before that where the tactic of the, of the candidate was to, uh, was to attack the opponent's supporters. But that's a really super rare thing. And to my knowledge, it, it had never been done uh, done before when I saw that. And so invariably what you get is once the president gets elected, uh, their anger is not as much at President Trump now as it is at you. And that makes you a target. 
because you you because you're responsible for him. And that's why you have the relative who won't speak to you anymore. Or why you have the person who unfriended you. Or uh, the person who looks at you differently because somehow you have uh, polluted your morality by supporting this guy. That's that's why you have that. But now and now to a larger degree, now that's why you have Republican candidates for Congress who are being attacked with knives or GOP offices burned. I mean, that's and and Steve Scalise, who was one of the victims of uh, the shooting there uh, at the baseball field. Says that one of these somebody's going to get killed here. Uh, somebody's somebody's going to this is going to get serious. And the problem is the media because it doesn't treat these smaller crimes as seriously as it should is essentially paving the way for someone to do something and then still have like an excuse and still have some kind of uh, moral backing for their act. I mean, that, that's why, for instance, and again, I'm not worried about the president being assassinated, but that's why you have these people who do attempt assassinations and things like that is because they feel like they are saving the world or saving the country from somebody. And when you've had people who are saying that the president's a threat to democracy, you who support him are too. That's just how it is. I'm hope I'm hoping for the best, but you know, nonetheless. All right, folks. Good morning this morning. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, TracyEllis.com. Thank you. Matthew Mitchell, 855. Quote me for all your insurance deeds. Thank you, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com, who's just in here. Thank you, Dr. Naputi, naputiwellness.com. Thank you to Golden Oak Lending, people. Make sure you hit them up for all of your refi needs and your home buying needs. 314-567-GOLD. It's 314-567-GOLD. Yes, everybody. Good morning this morning. And also, of course, thank you. Two cents, Tino cigars and cocktails. Mike and Shannon down there off Vogel Road in Arnold. We're going to have our we're going to have our happy hour there on the twenty seventh of September. It's a Thursday, so hopefully you all can make it. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for watching me right here in the Discovery Design Studio, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. So. Have a good one, everybody. Really appreciate you listening and watching. And continued prayers for our American brothers and sisters in North Carolina, South Carolina, and up along the East Coast. Hoping for the best. Have a good one.